I'm just going to apologize up front because I uh, the levels were too hot and um, there's a lot of peaking in this episode. So hopefully you can bear it. And uh, thanks for listening. Remember to go to I'mSoSureCast.com. Uh, check out our merch. Enjoy. Benny Bunks. I'm so surecast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 65th episode of I'm So Surecast. I'm your host, Tim Early. I'm here with Tim Sullivan. Hello. And we got Ben Bunker today. Hello. How Benny Bunks. I'm doing fantastic. That's great. Jeez. Yeah, what's new with you, dude? It's been, uh, I don't even know uh, how long. Uh, yeah. Probably like... It's been many Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, many Tuesdays. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I just refrained from, from belching. Oh, good job, dude. I'm proud Thanks. of you. Uh, so, Motel Art. Yeah. How's that going? It is going great. Um, we have three songs we're going to be putting out on the Spotify. Ooh. The interwebs, Spotify machine. You do you know when you had official release date? We do not. Um, Are you still like uh, in mixing and mastering phase, no, or it is, is it all complete? It is mastered. We don't have a title for the EP, ah. and we put it out on like uh, it was Instagram. It's like, oh, what should we call the album? And our last one was called Continental Breakfast. So Ooh. everyone was giving us like nice either motel related things or like breakfast related <laughs> things. It was right. pretty good. Um, Are any of them going to make the cut? Do you think? I don't. You know. should call it uh, Velvet Elvis. Velvet Elvis. Yeah, because I feel like there's a lot of like velvety Elvis art in the, the walls world of, to me. Is that a Casey Musgraves? Uh, uh, it wasn't, but it could be. But it is now. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> No, but you guys are playing a lot of shows. Yeah. According to social media. Yeah. <clears throat> Blowing up the Facebook. I'm like, yeah. how many likes do we have as a band? I think it's only like a 200. Like, That's we're not. That's pretty good. Is it? I don't know what's good and bad. Yeah, I don't on really. Social media. I think you're asking the wrong two idiots. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I really only use Instagram for, I don't know, a few meme pages and just skipping through people's stories just nonstop. Yeah. Without even. Looking at what they're posting. We're the laziest band members anybody's ever met. Yeah. We don't go out of our way to set up shows. We don't practice. We just take them as they come and then... Like even... Uh, but that's a good lifestyle. Oh, it's great. I, Very it's a good lifestyle, but not one for the viability of a band. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... Like even Alex last week was talking about how uh, he got shit for coming here because they mm. usually practice on Tuesdays. Oh, and yeah. I was like, we caused a ripple. And I was like, I don't remember what it's like to be to have a band member disappointed oh, in dude. me. And it's because we're both equally lazy. <laughs> I and no one expects well. that from each other. So wait, how many how many members are there at uh, a Motel Art? For Motel Art, we have four. Uh, guitar and vocals is I. Um, also, Eddie Sedino is the other guitarist, vocalist. We have Brett Murray on bass and Dan Donovan on drums. So is this is this a revitalization of Cat Hugs, or did that completely disband and this is its own... Uh... I was wondering if you guys were going to do like a poll of like my Facebook or Instagram. No, or I, I really oh, didn't. Okay. I remember uh, because, oh, okay, yeah. because we... <laughs> Because I, I didn't look any of this up um, because I remember from the Chit Chat days, and then we actually played a show with Cat Hugs yes. one time, uh, um, probably like two years ago, maybe. It was actually really funny. I was going on Facebook, and I wonder if it would show up now. Um, I was just looking at it. Oh, yeah. So somebody liked the Cat Hugs page. Yeah, yeah. But I also looked at their profile. Um, 
It was person, like a crazy cat lady. I'm like, should I say last name or first name or just not? Oh, I don't it know. Doesn't even matter. No, you say you say uh, Dude, fir- first initial full last name. Okay, so yeah, C Workman. Um, and then I looked at their profile, and they just had a bunch of cat things. So they must have liked the band doing like a search for cat they related said, right. cats, and went down yeah. the line and liked everything. Yeah, like oh, a band about cats. Here right. we go. Right, right, right. Um, Oh my gosh! Well, what percentage of your songs is actually about cats? Uh, none. So, so and actually, and I um, bet you don't have any songs about motel art either in your new band. <laughs> definitely no not. songs about dogs. <laughs> um, for cat hugs, we were looking into uh, Bandcamp and like online domain names, and I guess there's a band called the California Thugs. So the C A T H. U-G-S, so like cat hugs, but just oh. California thugs. Yeah. Right. So we couldn't get the band camp. I think it had to be like Those cat bastards. hugs M-A at band camp. Or I like forget 69. what it was. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Oh, man. You always feel like such a failure when you can't get just like the clean... The clean just, domain. Yeah, yeah. 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 But for Motel Art, we're like motelartband.bandcamp.com. And there are other Motel Arts. And then there's there's also like bands that have a song titled motel art for whatever reason they chose but we're i don't want to none of the songs are written about the office but we all love the office so that is the inspiration of that Um, (laughs) yes when oscar looks at pam's drawing and he says this is motel art yeah yep and they're giving like a pretentious critique Mm -hmm. that was good that you knew. Or yes, no, is it Oscar or it was boyfriend. Oscar's boyfriend, Gil, but I didn't want to... Uh, I was like, ah, oh, we're no, jumping no. into it too early, but... No, no, you're right, right. you're right. It was Gil. Um, we are going to yeah. hit you with trivia okay. at some point. Yeah, sure. But, uh, no, so is is Cat Hugs entirely comprised of the same members of Motel Art, or are no, there any um, new personnel? Cat Hugs, um, I only wrote, I think, two songs. I played bass in that band. It was my friend, Rachel Ponce, who was playing guitar and vocals, who was in a band, um, in a band now, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, Peachier is the name of their band. Uh, and they play in, like, Portland all the time. Um, you should go check them out. They're really good. But it was me, Rachel, and then Kevin Boardman, who's been in a bunch of music projects, um, he's just really good at music, like social networking, all of that. Like you yep. get us shows all the time. He knows a bunch of bands. Like he's been, oh my God. I'm like, he has, I can go into his like, um, I almost said Spotify, but no, I can go into the band camp and he has like a, he has like a hip hop album that he made uh, really under should. a different name. I could find it, but I forget what it is at the moment. And then, um, he was in this band called the peach pits, which I'm assuming is a parks and rec like influenced title oh. for the name of the band but i don't 100 percent know that um so trying to think of other stuff i don't know if he's in anything right now but he's just a really good dude to yeah know. that's cool yeah so do you guys play up in uh, portland at all no we have not portland's got i mean i haven't been there in a while i'm actually going there for a wedding in a few weeks you're kidding february 29th but uh portland's a cool town yeah and in the summer there's a lot of live music outside so i feel like it would be a good uh a good place to uh, play a lot of shows, venue-wise, that are in uh, ample supply. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely not a wedding band. <laughs> we know. We, we tried, well, I mean, we tried practicing some cover songs, and they're definitely not stuff you'd play at weddings. Like we, uh, Oh, I could never be in a wedding band. I feel like the... Because the thing with the wedding band, too, is like a lot of, you got to be kind of like an MC type person. 
That's the part mm, that I wouldn't like. I don't bring that energy. And that's just not my bag, baby. The yeah. furthest just... we went was cocktail hour, and I don't think we'll ever go past that. Oh. And yeah. there was a DJ, if I recall. There was a DJ, too. Good. Yeah. So... But being like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome into the room the father of the groom. <laughs> right, right. I could never do that. Peter! I could never do that. I have... Yeah, no thanks. I mean, I'm hoping it's a universal thing, and I'm not just going to get called out by saying this myself, but like, I oh, go to God. shows sometime, and I don't fully remember who's on the bill, so like, I'm just checking my Facebook, trying to remember sometimes, yeah, yeah. and like... I try to oh, yeah. I try to like communicate with folks and like be present in the moment, but even if like one little thing it could be something so simple, like if I just forget a power cord and I'm too nervous to ask somebody else that like it's in my head the whole time and I can't even remember like I can't enjoy the show. Like, because you're things obsessed like that happen. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um so I forget what that was in relation to, but yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think you just well, went. Sick, dude. You just like barfed out your own neurotic yeah. uh, fears that um, you've been holding inside for this long. No, but yeah. I'm kind of the same way, uh, and that's also why I have always been the benefit of no expectations given my way. Like when we play a show, he just does all the hard work. <laughs> I will like lift a bass drum from the back seat to the stage. Uh huh. Which is hard. That's a hard. But other than that, he he does everything. Okay. Sets up the drums. Sets up the guitar too. And it's it's not even because you got that sweet tone for me. It's not even because (laughs) I'm like a like a prima donna. It's because I'm just lazy and stupid. So (laughs) he's just like rather than walk you through Mm -hmm. how to do this, I'm just gonna do it myself. Do you think if just out of necessity? Necessity for money. Necessity for money. Okay. (laughs) Um, Could you, on your own, set up the PA system, you think? Yes. Okay. I was just curious. Yes. I could set up the PA system. It's not that you can. It's just that you you just don't. Well, I like to allow someone who's better to thrive. Uh, Yes. Why Mm -hmm. thwart their, you know their determination by me trying to get like a participation trophy. You it's know like I mean? when when uh the microwave at the office is disgusting and Pam's like Ryan, can you just he's like, I I I'm not good at that stuff. She's like, just wipe right. up paper towel. I would find a way to mess it up, Pam. Right. Well that's there, you. Like there's the the axiom if if you want it done right, mm-hmm. do it yourself. Right. I, I take the inverse of that where if I want something done right, I let someone that knows what they're doing do it themselves. <laughs> that's valid. Still because you know what I mean? Like if I can, if you needed like electric work mm-hmm. done, like why would you want me helping around? You get a professional. Not to mention I am a bit of a control freak. Well, that's exactly right. So I'm so, sure mm-hmm. you would like set something up, be like, "Bro, what the fuck?" And then I would like change it anyway. But that's the thing. So I'm actually helping you out you by are. by staying out of the way. You totally are. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. Are you kind of like the main? Because I feel like every Tell band, a man to fish for me, eat dead silence. F- <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the question? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I was gonna say, would you rather teach a man to fish or tell a man to fish for you? Tell men to fish for me. Yeah, why wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, just eat yeah. free fish for the rest of your life. I've never yeah. killed a cow. I think I've eaten red meat for my entire life, right. at least once a week. So, you yeah. know, leave it to the professionals. But I feel like every band, yeah. uh, while, you know, most bands have people that contribute to their own setup and stuff, but there's always one guy that's kind of like a the alpha band member mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the logistics of stuff. Is that is that you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I feel weird saying that, but um, yeah. I 
we were talking, I mean, over Instagram earlier today about like indecisiveness and like, I have, I have decided early on that I'm very indecisive, but I know that whether it helps or not. Um, Which is very decisive of you. So you can't decide as to whether that's good news or bad news. Yeah. Um, But as far as keeping, I think, folks in check in my general life, I'm like kind of that person. So like with the band, you know, we had recordings uh, that were done, but they had to get um, like, we had a couple different versions of certain songs we were listening to to see which one we liked better and kind of reach back out to the person who recorded us. And then we had to get it mastered. And I think the mastering process was going to take only a couple of days. Did you guys get it mastered um, by the same engineer? Did you send it out somewhere? We sent it to somebody else. And that was actually a big discussion we had as a band. Like, do we have it mastered by the same person that recorded us? Because they, uh, Ryan, say Ryan Stack, who recorded us uh, for the Continental Breakfast, he recorded us for the new EP. And that was the debate was... um, like whether or not we're going to go with the same person who's going to master it. And we decided to go with, I don't remember Dan's last name, but this individual named Dan who was, I guess, worked with um, Brett and Eddie before. Um, yeah, so I think that's off. pretty common. I think yeah. most of like the LPs and EPs I've recorded, we've had it mastered by yeah. like a third Somebody party. That Which I think is that. a good way to do it because uh-huh. then it's like, it's a fresh set of ears. Yeah, right. Because it's like, I feel like by the end of the mixing process anyway, the engineer is usually just like fucking, I'm so sick of listening to this goddamn song. He actually liked the songs and he liked recording us. And it was actually the last day that we were sitting down recording with him when we discussed, hey, we're probably going to go to somebody else to master. And he was pissed. And his face kind of dropped a little bit. Uh, And I felt so bad. Yeah. Um, But... I mean, the masters do sound really good. I don't know if you would have done anything different. Like, I right. don't really know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the masters sound really good. But the whole point of, like, me kind of being that go-to in the band was I was, you know, messaging in the group chat, you know, every, like, day or every other day being like, oh, how are those masters coming along? Because I think Brett was reaching out to the person who was mastering it. And I was like, oh, hey, like, what's an update about that? Like, what's going on with that? Right. Just to, like, you know, like, let's get this thing going. Um, when I saw those like Spotify, like 2019, like, um, throwback thingies, the, oh, uh, they do like the, yeah. the algorithm, Compl- like what you yes. listen to yeah, and yeah. like, you know, what hit, uh, or, you know, as a, as a band, you can look back and see like, Oh, our album got listened to so many number of times. And I was telling the guys like, I want it for 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to wait. I just want it out on Spotify. However, we do that. If, I don't even know like what website to use because there's so many out there. There's like TuneCore and CD Baby, and they even uh, I think Brett mentioned another one where we just pay. I think it's like per track to have it put on like iTunes and Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot of thought into like how we want it to. I mean, eventually it's just going to be on Spotify. It's going to have a title. We already know the title of the song, so like that's all done. But we're also thinking about, do we do like a release show for it or right, how right. do we promote this? And that takes a lot of thought. And sometimes I, f- I just want to take a back burner and not have to think about those things. Like even right. when it comes for like a title of the EP, I just want, I want someone to just throw me a name and be like, that's it. Right. You right, know? right. And Dan, he wanted the album to have the album title to have like some kind of coherent with like all of the songs to yep. like make sense. So he wanted to do a line <clears throat> from every day, which was um, King of Losing Contact. 
or like for I'm the, the album name. Yeah, or like I'm the king of losing contact, which I thought like really stuck and we might go with that but also people were sending us like motel and breakfast things and i'm like <laughs> right, right, like, right. can we just be like fun about the name too and not be so serious just call it croissant, right man. right yeah the croissant ep just croissant croissant how many tracks five uh just three three okay cool yeah well yeah so basically you're in charge is what you're saying i feel that way and i don't want it to be that way so if the band's listening to this and they're like that's not true i'm like i don't want it to be that way no, like, no, I want but, it. <laughs> no but it's a, it's a natural yeah. hierarchy you know what i mean yeah. if there's a plane crash and you wind up on an island give yeah. it 12 hours one person will be in charge people yeah. just naturally right. yep. you know what i mean like jack from lost probably was like ah, i'd rather just fucking dick around like uh like fucking Right, it's like being Queen Elizabeth at the age of eight. Yeah, you you know you don't want all this responsibility, but you know it's coming. Yeah, except the monarchy is kind of just like a all right. bunch of Can made, you just take <laughs> made up malarkey. <laughs> Son yeah. of a bitch. Being in a band's way harder than being ahead of the royal family. Oh, he's absolutely right. Because yeah. you're just told what to do. Do you watch The Crown? Do I watch The Crown? Fantastic. No. Oh, it's great. I just started watching it, and it is good. But it like infuriates me about the royal family. It's so stupid. They, but as it goes on, you you realize that they do have like some import, like a little bit of importance. No, no, no. yeah, I'm not just yeah. dismissing the whole thing, but like it's like you, right. have, you you have like Winston Churchill, who's literally like the only reason that Western Europe wasn't overtaken by Nazis, like groveling to this fucking twenty year old girl because she happened to be the daughter of a fucking. Girl. You know what I mean? Like it's just like I know what you're saying, but uh, but anyway. Um, so Ben's in charge. Everybody knows it. Uh, yeah. So uh, do you have any ticking clock in terms of like, when do, like, when do we get this? Because you're sitting on it. So is it just, is it just the creative side of coming up with the album name and that sort of thing that you're waiting on? Or is it? And photo. Um, we talked about maybe, uh, one of my friends was supposed to be doing, I mean, it's still in the works, but he's supposed to be doing like a music video for one of our songs. He was doing it as as free, like pro bono, because he also wants to build his portfolio. Um, and he did one session of recording us in the studio, like when we were just recording a couple of songs. He was just taking some videos. Um, and then... Dan was, I think it was Dan who asked about, oh, maybe we should get like someone to do like a photo shoot and we'll take one of the photos and make it the album at this point. And I think I mentioned to him, to the group was we could take a Polaroid because I was taking Polaroids in 2019. You like, take a, a ton bunch. of Polaroids because yeah. a lot yeah. of your Instagram, which I like yeah. a lot. It's cool. Um, it's what? Just like pluck one out. Yeah. And be like, that's it. I like, I don't even care if I'm not in the photo. If I was the one taking the photo, I'd be like here is the album photo like right. that's it let's just put it online same thing we have uh, a live recording from the umass Vol radio station yeah and eddie's sitting on the cd i think it was given to us in like a m mp4 format so yeah. it just has to be converted to like a wave or an mp3 but same thing i'm like that is so simple like well i'll just take a polaroid of like something from 2019 and right. we'll throw it up online like we'll get it on spotify it'll be out there um, and it looks cool too. Yeah, like it just less like it f- just looks better. Yeah. Or you could do uh, a picture of Art Garfunkel, like drinking coffee in his motel room. In his motel. Room. <laughs> I was waiting for the motel. And part then you could just in. do that. <laughs> um, honestly, just any if somebody has like if somebody has motel art, so they just wanted to like, hey, this right. is a good you know whatever for 
you know, I painted something. This would be good for an album. I'd be like, all right, let's do it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but that's the band name. It's not the album name. So then you're going to like, do I want the cover to kind of relate to the album name? Or is it just yeah. totally non sequitur and something that's just cool? I just want something that's cool. Like, I just want... Right. I'm not thinking too much about it because I think about longevity. I'm like, we're going to have songs that are already titled. That's what I care about the most. Right. I don't care about the title of the EP. I don't care what the photo is necessarily. I right. just want it to exist in the world. Right. Because we're sitting on digital content that's on my phone right now and nowhere else. I have a feeling you have a Polaroid that would work just fine. That, that's just me. I just have a feeling. He's right, folks. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, because a lot of times, uh, not not that it like a lot of stuff winds up like feeling contrived years later, but a lot of times yeah. if you just wing it and it's purely based on this like instinctive, wow, yep. that's cool, let's do it, those are the stuff that you never really regret. Well, I'll say, because um, I, I know when I was like playing with Ian a lot, um, down in Providence. Um, oh, we that, were trying that to, small hick town. Yeah, yeah. After uh, after the Washingtons disbanded, oh yeah, we were kind of trying to think of like a new band name, and <clears throat> he said Mad Passenger, like a long, like in the beginning of the phase of looking for band names. Right, mm-hmm. he's like, "What about Mad Passenger?" And we're like, "That's pretty good." And then like skipped around, tried all these other things, and then like that ended up being the band name. Right. Mm. So it's like you kind of got to just go with what's but then you could you, you could have just gone in presidential chronology and been called the Adamses after. And then maybe the Jeffersons. Oh, that's actually a good idea. And then if you need a fourth <laughs> incarnation, you'd be called the Madisons. And just keep kind of going up. Jesus, he's got a point, folks. But food for thought. But we ended up going with phones. Yes, I remember phones. You, the EP, Yes, We See. That's correct. And like then, like uh, the French, We. Yep. And the Spanish, See. So mm. it was Yes, Yes, Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And but then it, I had to call Ian one day. I was like, listen, I can't keep driving to Providence. I'm so sorry. I love you. And he was like, I get it, dude. I fucking get it. Man. And then Mad Passenger formed, and I sit here on my in my couch. Yeah, but now you're in a band called The Tint. That's correct. Which really just <laughs> which is hard to just, get out. I mean, yeah. could you come up with a more apex of just human creativity? Oh, never. The Tims. It's so pure, so simple, yet so poetic. Oh yeah. Used to be, formerly known as the Crooked Shoe Cops. Oh yeah, Crooked Shoe Cops. I did have to fight. Well, yeah, I had to fight for motel art. We were coming up I with like the name Motel for the band. Art. I like that too. I do too. <laughs> um, uh, I'm like, I don't. Well, so like we had different ideas for the band name. Uh, for the longest time, we were, I mean, we were technically the Biscuit Kids. Um, Which isn't bad either. So, Did you spell it like Limp Biscuit does? I with wish. a Z? Because then you could just be a bunch of kids that love <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Wait, so where does Beds fit into this? Uh, is that just your solo project? That's just me, yeah. So whenever I write, record something, it's been, um, it has been like in my bedroom because that's where my recording stuff was. But gotcha. Um, actually, where I live now, I have a separate room for recording. Um, Are you I'm in so Haverhill? Happy. No, I moved. Wow, um, yeah. I live in Roslindale, Mass. Where's Roslindale? It's next to. It's like six and a half hours from here. <laughs> no, it's next to um, next to Springfield. West Roxbury, Jamaica Plain. Oh, so pretty oh, okay. friggin' far. Yeah, I mean, it's far, but... Yeah, yeah. man. Here I am, yeah. I'm like, I, I even, when I was texting him, I was like, yeah, it's yeah. only 20 minutes from Haverhill. Well, that's actually... <laughs> he mean, just goes around. He's like, sweet, dude, I'll be there in 90 minutes. Well, I work in Medford, so the drive was only... Oh, you work in Medford? Yeah. The drive was only an hour. Medford. It's fine. I like Medford. 
Where do you work? Well, so what's uh, yeah? Are you are you able to disclose on this podcast your uh, yeah. place of work? Uh, I can. Um, <laughs> I'll just be particular about the stories that I share afterwards. Yeah, but yeah. right. For yeah, sure. yeah. Um, you can self. Or I can even vaguely say where I work. You can vaguely then, say yeah. it. that's probably better. so. I mean, I work for right. the Department of Mental Health. Okay, um, okay. and we enough. get we get funded through the Department of Mental Health. Um, I work for a nonprofit organization, and I myself. Um, I'm a residential program manager, so I work at a transition program. Uh, we get folks that are coming out of um, psychiatric units, yep. and we take them in through DMH referrals. We work on their um, active daily living development, their medication management, symptom management, like you name it, like money management, anything that they need to develop in order to live independently, like we work with them on that so you're on like the Um, rehabilitative side yes not so much the medical side yeah i i have no degree that like can say it's so weird because i have no degree that says like i can really judge somebody's like medication (laughs) regimen but i do work side by side with providers that do appreciate my input on certain things. Like if right. I, I think a medication is not working for a client, they're going to most likely work with me on that. They're not right. just going to be like, no, no, no. Right. Right. Um, and sometimes some of my clients, they can't really advocate for themselves. So right. that's where I step in and try to help. But I really, as a last resort, I will step in and give my opinion. But like if I go to somebody's like uh, psychiatric appointment, and this is something that I always keep in mind too. Like I try to be a fly on the wall. So like, Say if um, for the viewers out there, like not for the <laughs> listeners, for the viewers. Right. But, yeah. um, so like say if the they're going to see their um, psychiatrist, the psychiatrist like sitting at a desk and it's me and the client sitting side by side, I will move my chair back like two feet and I will only speak if the psychiatrist yeah the psychiatrist asked me a question and i'll turn to my client and say like is it okay if i answer for you right you know like i'll wait for their yes or no before i give my input on something because really it's all about them and i try to always tell my staff that oh my gosh (laughs) like what i always say to myself is it's not it's never the clients usually it's like my staff like my clients are like developing themselves like they're trying to advocate for themselves and really just move out of the program. And sometimes it's me just like, I don't know, getting not upset at my staff because they do a really good job. But sometimes it's like little things that just like tick me off. Like, why, like, like, like why they, would you do that? Like they kind of like insert their own opinions when not S- Yeah. When solicited. not needed or not constructive. Not, yeah. They're not promoting like self-advocacy. So I'm like, if you're not doing that, just don't, talk like right, if, if right, you're not right. really benefiting them you know and i think about you know if i myself was coming out of like a psychiatric unit going into a home i've never been to before having to live with roommates i never met before working with a staff i've never met before like i would be so scared right. and like i would just want like i'd want someone to push me but also to like it's like this balance of comfort but knowing that I'm going to do something else with my life. Like I'm not going to be so comfortable that I stay here for years and years and sure. years. I feel like a version um, of that is just like, so like happens in every, not even business, just all the time. Yeah. So like in, in real estate, you have people that just say shit to hear themselves talk, but they're not, oh. they're not improving the situation in any, any way, shape or form. No. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, just don't fucking talk. And this would be yeah. so much better. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of people like that. One thing I've learned and I try to like communicate with my staff too is that the way we talk to our clients, um, 
it's a combination of honesty because we have to be straightforward with them. We can't just like lie to them because it's not going to help them. Right. Um, so it's like honesty, but also with like love. So like we can be honest with them, but also we have to show that we're, we're caring for them at the same time. Like, Compassion. Hey, maybe your room is a mess, but you know, like this is not how you would take care of yourself when you're living in your own apartment. Let's like work together. Let's split the work up. Like, you know, you right. start picking up your clothes. I'm going to try to pick up some of your trash. Like we'll meet halfway and then we'll, we'll show you how to use the vacuum cleaner. Right. 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 Um, and I think a lot of my clients, they, we're almost afraid to ask me questions sometimes. And that's what really scares me is that they'll go so long without asking me a question. And it's something that I think is so simple, but to them is this like just anxiety driven. And it could be just the simplest thing. Like, Oh, um, our freezer needs like something like I'm missing. Like I ate all the food that's in the freezer. I just need something. And they won't ask me. Right. right. Um, they're, I don't know the expectation is that like, I'll just notice it and do that thing. But I try to tell them so many times, like if you just come to me, if you have a question, if you have a concern, if you, it could be something so basic, but like right. I will try to do everything in the moment to like help you, but also not to do it for you. Right. And that's right. the big difference. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I've even read about like, even with something as simple as like depression. Yeah. They call them impossible tasks mm-hmm. where like if, if the only thing a very depressed person has to do the entire week is install that fucking trash cabinet that I was yeah. working on. Yeah. And in their mind, it's just like so fucking difficult. It becomes an impossible task. And no matter yeah. what they do, they would just will never be able to begin that project. Are you bragging that you're not depressed because Ben and I know that you installed <laughs> that? Today? Yeah, I did do a pretty good job. <laughs> even it's a little crooked, but, uh, no, no, but that makes sense yeah. because it's like the, the most trivial things become these insurmountable yeah. endeavors. Right, right, and, right. uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So how many people do you, uh, like yeah. are under your umbrella yeah. of, um, so I, from a residential program, we're also, which is, it's not wild to think, but we are staffed 24-7. Yeah. So I work a 9-to-5 Monday through Friday, but we are staffed like 24-7. Um, I have really good like awake overnight staff that do such a good job. Like as far as making sure like folks get medications in the morning, making sure the program is clean. Um, to answer your question, I have six clients that I work with. Um, okay. Yeah. And some... Um, it ranges. I'm like from age. So like it ranges right now. I have all male clients. It used to be a co-ed program, but right now we just happen to have all male clients. Um, and some are, you know, really trying to work towards their independence, but they have a bipolar disorder yeah. or even like, um, schizophrenia. Yep. Um, Which, that's like a terrifying fucking thing to me. It is, and I oh my. not not even from not even like <laughs> well, as like a, like if you had it and I was near you, I mean like as the person who has it. Oh yeah, that must be fucking terrifying. Right. Um, well, especially because of how latent the manifestations come. Like yep. you can you can live until like twenty eight, twenty nine yes. without a problem. Yes, and all absolutely. Sudden, yep, that's the scary part. Right. I'm 28 years old and I'm just thinking about that all the time. I'm like, uh, yeah. is the voice in my head something I can control or uh, right, 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 <laughs> right. At one point, uh. I saw it actually because like I got this like fucking cheap shitty uh, mm-hmm. VR set in a yeah, gift yeah. swap one time. So then I was like YouTubing like fucking VR shit, 
and one of them was like what what it's like to have schizophrenia no. so like i did it and like had the headphones dude it's fucking terrifying uh, yeah it's so terrifying yeah it's like did, constant did, did voices the, and like did the person that designed that VR have any pedigree in that is <laughs> such a good question. <laughs> <Schizophrenia>. <laughs> no, but, I know, yeah. but I'm totally sure thick. because schizophrenia itself is so mm-hmm. terrifying. I'm sure whatever it was probably wasn't too far off because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we, freaky. Um, man. Oh, I'm trying to think of what it's called, but my my work actually does it. Um, they do it once a year. You can just sign up for it. Um, it's called like sound something but you put on headphones and you hear a voice telling you like negative thoughts and they try to get you to do ordinary tasks like just walking down the street um try to like organize something and you have these headphones on and like the idea is like you're just not supposed to take it off so yeah like try to ignore it and like develop a coping skill to like do the thing you need to do it's I haven't done it yet, but I could imagine I would be like very Just stressed hearing out. Hearing about that makes yeah. me stressed out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense because you can see how easy it would be to fall in line yeah. with whatever this thing going on is telling you to do. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Jeez. So, but my my clients, I mean they they definitely try really hard and. I don't know exactly what they're going through because I haven't experienced it myself. Right. Yeah. Right. I I try to work with them the most effectively. Like I ask them very simple questions. Like what are things that bring you joy? Very standard question. Um, And then we try to make those as part of their like symptom management. You know, like when you're not feeling too well, how about um, like one of my clients is very simply, he has this like music DVD that he listens to. So whenever I just feel that he's not fully focused, he's not paying attention, and it's also setting up somebody for success. So like, I will turn on the TV, I will have the DVD player ready, and I'll say, oh, do you want to watch your music DVD? And he might say no, but most most of the time he will eventually go watch the music DVD. Right, so like right. he'll be like, no, 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 I don't want to watch that today. That's totally fine. I'll be like, all right, well, I'll just leave it on for you. Like you can hit play whenever you want. And then 10 minutes later, he'll be sitting right, down right. watching it. And for him, that's like a symptom management skill. Like it just, it calms him, it soothes him. Right. So I really try to like set folks up for success is what we call it. And just have those things in place. Even when it comes to, Oh my God, like ADL management. So like cleaning the bathroom, like say if you were in there and I can swear, right? I'm like, oh, whatever. dude, say fucking oh, shit. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah so you can say, say like content you, if you want. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> you can't wait till later. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, say if a client like takes a shit and like doesn't recognize it and just walks away, I try to set them up for success. Like, I'll have you know, say if it got on the floor. By the way, in my job, I've cleaned up a lot of shit. Like, <sighs> I have cleaned up a lot of shit on floors. I have seen it all, so it just doesn't phase me at this point. But like I'll have a mop bucket ready. I'll have like, you know, uh, gloves and like all this stuff ready. And I'll be like, hey, you have to take responsibility for this. Here's all of the equipment that you need to do it. I'm just going to make sure that you do it. Right. Right. And it's coming from like, once again, it's like honesty and love. So I'm like, you have to take responsibility for this. I care about you. So I'm going to watch you do this. Right. Like, I feel like a dad sometimes well that's kind of what yeah. i mean it, it's that is quite dad-ish. any yeah. any sort of like any species of social work is basically a form of parenting yeah because you're trying to you know impart them with what they need to be independent so valid but um, yeah. 
the way I summarize my job too is like I am trying to get I'm trying to do my job so well that I don't have a job anymore. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Like they can do the things on their own and I just fall out of the picture. Right. You wanna yeah. like you wanna become obsolete. Yeah. That's a sign of a good job. Yeah. Ben, can I talk to you in my office for a minute? Listen, <laughs> we don't need you anymore. Um, did you study like psychology or? Uh, yeah, uh, I went to UMass Lowell. I got my bachelor's hey, in psychology. Not nice. psychology though. Yeah. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I did take some psychology courses. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a cool fucking. It's a. It's cool. Yeah, I um, I majored in psychology and I minored in philosophy. Now listen, did you? time the psychology and the glasses adjustment to be at the exact same time or i'm pretty sure in college i had the worst pair of glasses like they were very thin um and they had you should see this i wonder if i still have these glasses yeah oh very thin terrible yeah very thin but they're from 2001 they're pre 9-11 okay yeah when i got those i remember flying with those glasses at a time where i didn't need to take my shoes off that's how old those glasses are jesus that's old uh, wait, did you say you majored in philosophy? Uh, I majored in psychology and I and minored, minored in, in philosophy. philosophy yeah. What, Which uh, I, I mean, I, I'm like, I could have majored in, philo- I love philosophy, I think more than psychology, but who, I don't know what who, I could do. So most of your courses, uh, which philosophers did you, did you most like studying? Oh my God. That is a good question. Um, Do you like Hume? <laughs> Do you like Hume? Do you like Hobbes? Uh, it's not coming to mind. I'm so sorry. Or are you more of like an Aristotelian type guy? Um, I'm thinking of like like Immanuel Kant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just call me a Kant. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I told him he could I say. I told you I was going to say it later. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. I told him he could but, say uh, Kant on the air. So most of your courses were on South Campus, is what you're trying to say. To yes. Us. Yeah, yeah. South Campus. So that yeah. South Campus is the good campus. Well, so that campus is slowly eating up the entire city of Lowell. So at a certain point, I think it's just going to be called UMass Lowell, not even like the city of Lowell. Right. Because every time I go to Lowell, there's just more and more UMass Lowell. I wish it was as nice as it is now when I went there. Did you? Because it's fucking fantastic. You now. just commuted there? Yeah. Or did you live there at all? Just commuted. Because you, you were there during, like, the hotel phase, right? I really mixed it up. So, uh, freshman <laughs> oh. year, I lived in the dorms. Mm-hmm. Uh, sophomore year, I think that's when I lived in the hotel. I, to- I kind of fucking forget. Which hotel? The ICC. Okay. The which, ICC. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't... I, for- I totally forget why they called that. The impoverished college campus? It used to be a double tree. It was a double tree. Oh. And then the music floor... Because I was a music major for a period of time there, mm-hmm. <laughs> was the eighth floor. So that's naturally where I went. And actually, my roommate, Jim, is where I first heard of Vampire Weekend. Is Was that the uh, opiate-addicted bicycle thief? Opiate-addicted bicycle thief. The kid that would like always... No, that's Scott. Okay. No, no, no. You didn't know. Um, but yeah, and, and, and he, he used to listen to Vampire Weekend like way before... You did. Right. I was like, way before it was cool. Right. Way before it was cool. Exactly. And I was like, dude, this band is pretty crazy. Yeah, because that okay. was probably like 08 or 09. Right. Mm-hmm. And first... then it took, you know, 10 years for him to start listening to it. And then I started listening to it. And I was like, actually, this yeah. band's really I mean, good. I didn't even start listening to Beatles until the 2000s. So I've kind of been Get behind. I've been be- behind the eight ball for, for a while. Right, how dare, you, too. how dare you not start listening to the Beatles in like the 70s, you idiot. Uh, yeah, I didn't even see Jaws until like 1997. 
Good lord. So I've, 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 I've been way behind. Unreal. Historically speaking. Oh, man. Right. But just, yeah. um, oh, but for, for bipolar, because yeah, yeah. Uh, based on what I've heard, mm-hmm. which is not uh, based not on much. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> but bipolar, yeah. I hear that, uh, you know, medications actually made vast improvements on making someone's life livable, whereas schizophrenia, I feel like it's just... Yeah. It's it's moved the needle a little bit, but like with bipolar, a lot of that medication you can, depending on how bad you are, you can quell a good chunk of symptoms. Right, that is true. Um, my experience working with folks one on one, I feel uh, when I see commercials and then when I actually like sit down with my clients, I feel like that's just two different things. Um, but with schizophrenia, what about when you watch Silver Linings Playbook? I have not seen that. Oh, okay. fantastic. That's a not fantastic that I have not seen it, or no, it's a fantastic no, it's movie. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that could be two I'm different. I'm so glad you haven't seen it. Fantastic. I'm so oh, okay. glad you haven't seen it. Roll that script. clip. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but you said commercials versus real life dealing yeah, with. So, like, my experience, because I have folks that have been working with the Department of Mental Health for like 20 plus years. Um, so, so they, they were, were they there in the Danvers days? I don't know what that means. Like what the Danvers it? Hospital that's now shut down? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. Um, it's all rebuilt. Really, when did that shut down? Uh, I don't know. It Was it a mental not, hospital? Not super long ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's not like one of the creepy ones that people go and take photos of. No, it like was because uh, we snuck... Okay, so it is. It's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no right. It, well, but they've yeah. but they've since rebuilt it, and now it's like condominiums or something. Oh, but that's creepy. So it's real. <laughs> yeah, but like 15 years ago, I went in there, and it was yeah. like terrifying. Did you take like band promos but, I mean, in it? I mean, to be fair, any like detritus fucking abandoned building yeah. is going to be terrifying. And um, it was just kind of the. Can you define detritus for me? You know, like uh, just like <laughs> old, kind of rundown, abandoned. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah, okay. debris-ridden. Right. Kind of, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Um, Fair enough. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, sorry. What yeah, were you saying? No, that's fine. Um, so I mean, some of my clients have worked with the same providers for like a long, long time, and they are on medications that have been around forever. So like one of, I mean, like lithium. Um, I had a client that was on it for, oh my God, like 30 plus years. Um, and pretty much relates that to like his stage four kidney disease. He's like, Hey, if I wasn't on this, this probably wouldn't have happened to me. Yeah. And that is just so frightening. Um, and there's like a lot of the medication too, like whether you're like bone density too, like then you become like kind of, I mean, I do believe so. You become much more fragile. Well, and it's like, especially even if it's like not doing that to you, once you're on yeah. it for so fucking long, if you ever wanted to get off of it, it's like you fucking can't. Yeah. So the medication like Clozerol, uh, which we count as um, like what kind of, it's not a countable medication through Massachusetts, but it is um, something that like we as staff have to go to a training to once every year or two. Um I'm trying to forget what type of medication it's called. It's not accountable med, but it's um, a higher alert medication. So like we have to be like monitoring our clients when they're on this medication. And one of the scariest things is that, you know, you could be taking it for like schizophrenia. And then if you start to like 
miss a dose or if you start to just come down off your dose, like if your doctor's like, oh, let's try to just bring you down off of it. Right. You could have side effects not only of like increased symptoms, but you could have um, go into like epilepsy. Like things like that could just occur. Um, So it just scary shit yeah Yeah, i mean mental health with medications just make me so scared well yeah because it's it's anything that the entire point is to rework your brain yeah i mean there's gonna be a lot of side effects to me i'm like what is i mean i'm sure it helps a ton of people but there's a lot that is i'm sure uh can go very awry mental health altogether is just a terrifying thing right I always think right. about too, like what if someone? Uh, we should you should quote that and put that in a brochure. <laughs> Mental health in general is just a terrible thing. It sounds prosaic, right. but it's actually profound if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, and yeah. it really it just scares me too because I always think about my clients. I always think about like uh, quantity of life, like longevity over their quality of life. Right. And you know, I can only say so much, but like sometimes I'm just. If you're taking a medication every single day that like makes you just a zombie, I'm like, that's no way to live. No, right. it's it's a it's and that's the, the thing too because you you never know what yourself would do unless yeah. you're put in that situation. But the same thing, like yeah. I know someone that I used to know very well got yep. diagnosed with stage four brain cancer, mm-hmm. and he had the surgery basically like. Didn't go well. Basically lobotomized the guy. Mm-hmm. And then he died like six months later. And I was like, if he just didn't do that surgery, at least he would have gone out like with in the sense that yep. he was living. But at the same time, if you're like, oh, this could actually help me, you're probably going to roll that dice more yeah. times than not. Yeah. But it is a good question because I know a lot of people would be better off just, you know, like, no, don't give me the chemo. Let me just fucking do what I want. And then, yep. you know, when lightning strikes, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it really does suck when a lot of these people are cooped up in the last two years of life, like on a fucking hospital bed. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, but I mean, again, if you think it's going to help you, it's probably a chance you'll take if you're put in the situation. Right. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. I like to think that. One of the benefits of my deep cynicism with basically everything would be that I wouldn't I wouldn't take a chance. I would just yeah. I would just go with it. But who knows? Yeah, because I'm not a big believer in. It's not even that I'm I'm a disbeliever. It's that I just don't like to do anything that's inconvenient to me. So like <laughs> right, like I really so, think like chemo to me sounds more yeah. inconvenient than withering to death of cancer. So I like to believe that I would go out with the plan. Um, okay, I, I do have enough. one of my. So one of the folks I'm working with right now, you know, he has like stage, well, it's like 3.8 or whatever, but he basically has stage four kidney. And um, I was trying to talk to him because I watched the um, John Oliver episode where he talks about um, dialysis. Yeah. He discusses that. So I'm trying to have a conversation with him about like, hey, like when it gets to stage five, your doctor is going to talk to you about dialysis. And I want you to like at least have some knowledge about this because, you know, not for nothing for the hospital making money for the your provider making money they're going to promote dialysis overall I'm like but if you can somehow get like a kidney transplant you should just do that right I'm like because your quality of life with dialysis is going to go right down oh yeah and then he told me he's like i even if they offer dialysis he's like at this point in my life like i wouldn't even do it he's like i'm just going to ride it out until the that, end dude, so, that's what you got to do yeah. i if 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 uh you know fucking 
Osama bin Laden didn't have dialysis, we probably wouldn't have even found him cooped up in that house. He probably would have been out and about on a fucking motorcycle, just, you know, waiting for the day to come. You never know. You know? Yeah. No, but it is true, being, like, dependent on some sort of, like, machinery. Yeah. They just drive me nuts. <clears throat> He's oh, my right. God. And even uh, John Oliver covered, oh, my God, it was about um, having, I'm like, what is that machine that's supposed to help you if you're having like a heart attack, whatever, the oh, pacemaker yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 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 He even did like a, a whole episode on that explaining that, you know, these devices are not really tested before they're put into humans. Like, right. I think that he was saying something along the lines of like, it's FDA approved, but that doesn't really mean anything. So right. like, they're just taking a shot that this machine is going to work. Right. And giving you the scary facts of this is all the times that it didn't work effectively or cause somebody to have a heart attack. So yeah, of course. And ugh. like, I'm not. Yeah. Um, dude, this. I hate. Yeah, what are you saying? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a dick because <laughs> I interrupted you. But no, no, no. no. So okay. this uh, kid. Yeah. Do you remember the band Teamwork by any chance? Uh, it, I I remember a band. I will say being, no. He doesn't. I, I remember do a band name being so lame that I would actually get like a gag reflex when it was mentioned. And that since that just happened, I think I do remember. <laughs> that might be. Are you thinking of the yellow team? But anyways, um, so teamwork. There's this the band the bass yep. player was this kid, Danny. And he had like severe heart issues. Mm-hmm. Really? So he had something put in where he'd have to literally wear batteries around at all times. Yeah, it's probably a pacemaker. And like, if he was like stressed out before a show, he would just get shocked, and then like he would right. have to like he'd have to cancel the show because his heart literally just got shocked with electricity. Oh yeah. my god! Just like shit like that. It's just a fucking. Yeah. Cr- it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is fucked up. And uh, but yeah, like I'm not a conspiracy nut really, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you do think of the incentives that a lot of these places. And again, I've already said it on this show, but yeah, my thing with the Food and Drug Administration was. For an administration that's in charge with food and drugs, considering you have an obesity and heroin epidemic, to put, you know, that much faith in it, I'd say that, you know, it was a little unwise. But, yeah. um, and because you hear about shit all the time. First of all, this is the same fucking, the FDA is the one that told us that, like, breakfast cereals and eating a loaf of bread every day were good for you for, like, 40 years. So, I mean, like, <laughs> let's not put too much faith in these morons. But, um, yeah. But yeah, like a lot of the stuff that you see, like I really believe, again, I'm not some tinfoil hat nut, but I really believe if a guy came up with a cure for, uh, let's say, prostate cancer, mm-hmm. I really think he would be like, sh- like shushed. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I really think yeah. he'd be walking with his groceries and you'd just see a laser red dot just come up right by his brow and he'd be taken up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's just too much money involved. Yeah. And again, I'm not some crazy cynic that's like, oh, you know, people are just bad but i don't know i feel like like a lot of people would have a lot to lose if some jackass came and cured cancer yeah right you know so that's another reason why if i had a stage four diagnosis i would just say now a stage one or two diagnosis i'd be like you know maybe if i suck it up for like a year or two i can because i know people that have done that and now they're just fine but stage three or four, I'd be like, I'm going to just fucking, I'm going to go to Argentina. I'm going to rent a motorcycle mm-hmm. and I'm just going to fucking gun it and have a great time. That's your fucking boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to stop by at every brothel, roll the dice and oh, wow. uh, we'll just Jeez. see how this goes. <laughs> Listen, you can do that. That's well, fine. Karen's yeah. listening. So that no, was don't it. do that. That's he's not going to do that. Karen, that's fine. Yeah. Just fine. 
Um, so are you? No, the brothel. The brothels in Brazil are reputedly much more reliable than Argentina. Cleaner. Yeah, as far as South American okay. brothels go. Thank yeah. God, Jesus. Yeah. But um, are you aware that I thought that beds mm-hmm. was in somehow a relation to the fact that your name was Ben <laughs> Bunker? Bunk beds. Yes. So uh, the Instagram, I think, came after the the beds. Well, because I cause the bed bunks. Just if I could, as a third party, yeah, yeah, yeah. please, please, please. My mind in escrow. If I could just like. <laughs> so the thing is, so yeah. he started calling you Benny Bunks because when you would call the chit chat, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I'd put you on the list as Benny. So Bunks. we'd have okay. the list, and he would just write Benny Bunks. Yeah. And like he would have, he would have like nicknames for everybody, but you were Benny Bunks. Uh-huh. So I would write like Elizabeth Dollars instead of Liz Bills. Right. That is right. Pretty you know, cool. right. Little shit so, like that. Yeah. I'm a fucking lunatic. But Benny Bunks actually sounds cool. So like yeah. that, like I started calling you that. Like, like even like all day when we were talking about you being on, he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, Benny Bunks." I was like, "All right." Like, <laughs> and so that was just kind of like your name between like whenever we were talking yeah, about yeah. you, we referred to you as Benny Bunks. And That's uh, so funny. and so, but the, but and then it was funny because I feel like both on our own made the connection that like when you would refer to your stuff as beds. I immediately thought bunk beds because I just thought like Benny Bunks. So you can see the linear thought yeah. that, that went there. But you're saying you got your inspiration uh, because that's where you recorded was your bedroom. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. And the alliteration just really helps push drive home the point. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The name came from. It's so weird, but um, I was having a couple of drinks. Um, oh Jesus! So I was in. I was in we a band. The blue moon, uh, the blue moon coffee uh, beers or whatever they are. Oh, I should have got those. I was looking for those. I was proactively looking. He goes, and did not find any. He goes, dude, these beers are fucking uh, cheaper in Massachusetts. I was like, wait a minute, you didn't go to the corner store, did you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I go to. I was like, it's ten dollars. No, it's Massachusetts Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but what are you saying? So it was like a story before a story, but I was in a band called uh, three and O we were a three piece band. Um, and one night I was over at, um, actually, yeah, I was over at somebody that somebody was potentially going to be in the band and then wasn't. So I was at their apartment. Regardless, I was hanging out with, uh, this individual Max Savage for the first time. And I get pretty buzzed off of like, I'm like two or three drinks as I point out my drinks that are empty now. <laughs> um, and it was like late in the night and we were having a conversation about just like the layout of our bedrooms. And at the time I had a bed and then I had like two futons and he was telling me too, he's like, he's like, no way, man. Like I have a bed and two futons as well. And, but his, his you logic was two futons. So I had two futons in my bedroom as well. It just happened oh, to fit shit. in the mold of everything. Jeez. But were you living with your parents or was this like an apartment that you no, had to set up? My parents, like I happened to just make it all fit into this one. Man. It was very congested. Even, even when you released the futon, when you, yeah, we even had like a slanted ceiling. So like half of the room you couldn't even like physically stand up in. Oh, God. So at one uh, point your whole room could have just been bed. It was all like layered in beds, but his, his reasoning was way different than mine. He said that, um, he's like, oh, if I have a girl over or whatever, things aren't going so well, I'd be like, yeah, you just sleep in that one, I'll sleep in this one. Like, have a good night. Nice. So, like, that was his logic. And I was like, okay, that's cool, I guess. But to me, I was just <laughs> like, I don't know. The idea of, of beds was, because um, I feel like they it encompasses, like, so many things. Like, it's 
um, like desire, like love, like compassion. Also, you could just be like depressed and like not want to get out of bed. So like it right. like, encompasses like so many emotions. All the extremes of the human psyche. Yeah, I feel right. like happened on in beds. this one right. area. So I was like, oh, like that's a good name. And I told him to, I was like, oh, if I ever like write something or whatever, like that's what I'm going to call it. So nice. Yeah. And you did. I'm yeah. glad you went with beds instead of futons. <laughs> futons. Bed sounds a little bit more like, like dark and tortured. There's yeah. been many times I left the chit chat on a Tuesday and in my head just repeating was going, hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> oh, the, the hey voicemail. Ben. My band loves to... Oh, they get me every time. Dude, I wish we had a clip of that right now because we would play it on the soundboard. Hey, uh, Ben. I will. I mean, if there's a way to add it, I definitely will. So. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man. Dude, send it over. Yeah, so that was beds. Yeah. That when you would perform at the Chit Chat. Yeah, and all the loopy stuff and yeah, the live yeah, sampling yeah. and yeah. That was cool, man. Thank you. You were um, like the guy because it was so funny because there were nights at the Chit Chat yeah. where... It would be like a full house in terms of like the roster, but mm-hmm. there would also just happen to be like an actual audience there. Actual like people. For, yeah. Like for a Tuesday. And uh, actual breathing humans. But the thing that I liked so much about the chit chat, which also just depresses me that it and no longer is, but was that like it really was just about playing to the other regular right. musicians yes. that like yeah. oh yeah you were impervious i never there was not one time i would go in there on a tuesday and there would only be one person at the bar that i was like oh this fucking sucks because as long as the usual yeah. people were there i was like this is great and like yeah. that was the whole thing about it and uh yeah so when you would show up and play you would <laughs> because everybody else was just like we would just show up um, you guys would you guys were so good. We you are good. Oh, come Not on. Were. You oh, are. Come on, come on. No, no, come on, come on, come on. No, but you would show up <laughs> yeah. and you would have this like <laughs> methodical laboratory. And like, I remember there was always like the one guy yeah, yeah. that just like the one guy with like three teeth that just wanted to catch the Red Sox that would pop in. And then he would just see this fucking <laughs> like science experiment you're performing. Yeah. And he would just be like transfixed on like, what is this kid doing? And that was like really fucking cool because yeah. you did i mean i've seen Lou pedal work done yeah, yeah. plenty of times but it was just cool that whenever you would play that song i was like well all those songs but yeah. sp- particularly <laughs> when the voicemail would play because no one is expecting that right. no not and at that, all dude oh my god so that rig that i had set up um if you guys want to talk about gear for a yeah, while let's do it. um actually i'm gonna grab one drink dude like, grab whatever okay, you want cool. that one. Oh, you oh want a beer? there oh my god you can have the you can get a beer if you want i mean i'll go with that Dude, have that really one just too. We got plenty. All right. We ended up getting a loop pedal and like we're like, oh dude, let's dive into it because we don't have a bass player and like okay. we'll do like some shit and then we realize that you gotta actually like not sway off off oh, the fucking because BPMs at all. Because hard. For, so yeah. for the longest time, uh yep. for the longest time Analog Heart didn't have a bass player, so they would just use this bass on a loop and not a, not on a loop, but like uh pre recorded. And um and uh, it was like seamless. And I was like, oh, why don't we do that? And then he was like, well, was dude, like, because we don't practice. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is kind of like a prerequisite for pulling off. I'd a, have to yeah. literally play to a metronome. Well, cause, exactly. Because he would be, Yep. if anyone, if I got off, people would probably notice. But if he got off, he would be like, what the fuck's going on? What is on? this idiot doing? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, because you would really probably have to be playing for a met, like to a metronome for like, yeah. Four days a week for a good two months before you were just naturally right. Yeah, or we'd have to just practice our dicks off. Yeah, 
which is just impossible. No, but we actually did practice at that time. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. But still, dude, playing to like, in, like a recording. If you don't recording? have like a kick in your ear or something, like a tempo going, right. I, that could be really hard. Like yeah. to be alone or playing to a metronome. Dude, yep. it's so weird, man. So now I think like both of us are, are like really competent at playing to a metronome. Yeah. But I remember the first time that we were recording, like my high school band was recording, mm-hmm. and I just thought we were like super fucking tight. And then all of a sudden we were playing a click track. Oh, dude! Oh, because there's nothing better when the metronome is going on and you're very conscious of it, and then you're 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 so in sync that you don't even hear it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like this euphoric, like you just like you just caught that nice wind and you're just sailing. But like, there's nothing worse than like you think that you're actually playing well and this thing just keeps interrupting yes. you. It's fucking horrible, dude. Uh, dude, back in the golden days when uh, I, was, I was recording bands, meaning mostly just bands I was in. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, no, were, no, I did record other bands. Yeah. You recorded uh, Mudflap that one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh Mudflap is so good. He's oh. the best, dude. So Mudflap... <laughs> Junior Jackson Johnson Jones nice. came in to yeah. rabbit. When I worked at Bull Moose, the the smaller you Bull, Moose, Bull Moose, I worked at Bull Moose. So Wait, do you know Third Legacy? I don't. Oh, God damn it! Um, so Mudflap came Wait, in. Wait, you worked at the old location? The old location by Verizon now. Yeah, with the couches with the uh, CD players drilled into the tables. Dude, I miss that location. I don't remember man. that Wait, detail. Ca- they had I mean, we had like a sound. Yeah, there was, there was like a coffee table there. with little. Uh, like Walkman attached to it. Oh my god, I mean, that's before and my you could time. Go put like a CD no, in and they replaced the... that with. Oh a... yes, yes, you're but right. It were, was in the back. They replaced yeah. that with. Like, yeah, yeah, that was by the. Uh, they had, uh, I think, foreign films were back there for a while, and then yeah. all the music films, like yeah. music DVDs. Hey, um, put that finger away, okay? I do. I do remember. <laughs> had, oh my god, we had somebody come by one time. I, he could have created his own. So we don't sell like. X-rated DVDs. This person came in one time and he sold us because he was just trading it trading in. Trading it in. Yeah. And we buy DVDs at the time. Well, yeah. still now for like five cents if we can't actually sell it. Like we'll still buy the disc for five cents. Wait, do you still um, work at Bulmas? I sound like I'm talking like I still work yeah, there. I do the, not. All your verbs are present <laughs> oh, wow, tense. So I was like, whoa. For a second. Yeah, I was that's like, I'm my, going for that's my Freudian slip. No, so. but that's all right. Uh, your, 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 your story takes place in present. In present time. Yeah. Um, so we can only buy DVDs for five cents and I actually got there like an hour late to whatever was happening. So I walk in and, um, Ben horny housewives, Ben Gagney, who was working at the time. He's like, Hey, by the way, somebody came in, they sold us a bunch of porn. We can only buy it for five cents and us as employees, um, we could like buy the DVDs and the disc for like, you know, 10 cents a piece basically. So he's like, yeah. cause the store still makes a profit. So he's like, Hey man, like whatever you want, like people have already picked out stuff, just grab whatever you want. And I was nice. just like, Whoa, <laughs> this guy was into a lot of dominatrix stuff. I don't know the year, but he had like all of the like Emmanuel movies. And then he had nice. all, it was just like vampire stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, like he was really into that. Right. Um, but yeah, apparently so it was not a fun in, day. Apparently not. Dude, that's in, hilarious. Not yeah. that into it because they sold it all for five cents a bit. So, but it's funny that they still accepted it because a lot yeah. of times I've seen them turn away. We're like, dude, this thing's too fucking scratched up. I don't want it. I was, Whatever. I was imagining at some point they would just have like a section in the corner of the small bull moose where they would just like 
do um, miscellaneous, not miscellaneous, but they would like have like Adults. a curtain, like a curtain that would right. just go around the corner, and they'd be like, "So that's the uh, yeah. X-rated section." If I you mean, wanted it makes to go sense, with. dude. I yeah. so first of all, I, I still go to Bloomers all the time, Me but too, I, yeah. I do miss the old location, uh, probably just because yeah. it was just the original, like yeah, for oh, me. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I used to go to... That's why I'm surprised I never saw you. Uh, maybe I did see you, but I just didn't know you at the time, so I don't remember. I worked there for about a year and a half. I I don't know the timeline. Uh, so I would go yeah. there. I would say from, like, 2008 to, like... I was not there. To, like, 2000... Uh, like, yeah. 15. I don't know when they moved. Maybe 2014 they moved. Yeah, sounds about right. I would... Go there at least four times a week. I was I would buy. Yeah. You've seen my DVD collection. Oh, it's his DVD collection is flawless. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I haven't taken inventory in a lot, but my last my last count was like fifteen hundred DVDs. I have a ton. Wow. And I would always go to Bulma's, and it was just the fucking best, dude. Yeah. And you know what? Th- that I love about Bulma's yeah. is that they don't. Uh, they do certain genres like foreign film, which yeah. is good. Um, and. I was a little bit ticked off when they did horror, but because I here's the thing is because okay, I'm ready. I, I'm a guy. My girlfriend loves horror, so I'm like, go ahead. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't, but she does. So no, I love horror movies, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm saying I'm a very deliberate DVD purchaser. Yeah. So when I would go to Bull Moose, I would have like a list on my phone. Oh, sure. And I want just a master alphabetized array. I don't want Everything. genres because yep. now, and, and there's certain films that are gray areas, like yep. like a Silence of the Lambs, a thriller or a horror. Like so, I just want to go to the S section, yes, and just have a master. If whatever the movie title starts with, that's what it is. But I get how some people they just want horror, so they like that separation. Yep. But um, I always liked how Bulma's because I fucking hated how Newbury Comics would have like a comedy and like a drama, like just fucking yeah. just just have. You know what I mean? Because there's yep. gonna be like like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Is that a, it's like it's it's comedic, but it's dramatic. So like, why make me go to two places? I'm trying to remember. Did Eternal Sunshine make it to the Criterion? I don't think it did. I don't think any of the uh, I don't think any of the uh, Charlie Kaufman movies are in Criterion collection. Okay. All right. Unless I don't know because oh, that's a great point. Here we go. <laughs> Criterion. Here we go. All right. So. Uh, you probably met Eric before. This is Eric. Oh, his face is on my shirt. I think you've seen him before. Okay. Oh, and he's on his shirt. And on his shirt. And on the sticker right here. Um, his face is all over the fucking place. So Eric and I are um, two peas in a pot. We're uh, pedophiles. No, cinephiles. And we would I woke go up the next morning under my bed, which I thought was weird. <laughs> That's Eric. So we would go to Boomus all the time, right? And then, so my like, mm-hmm. I think the greatest living American filmmaker. Is Paul Thomas Anderson? He can just do no wrong. He could literally film me taking a shit in thirty-five millimeter, and I would just oh, fantastic. I would rewatch it like immediately. I just paid fifteen dollars to see that. I have seen that. It's, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. So, anyways, we figured out that we figured out this Criterion collection. I think yep. it was because um, I was looking at. Uh, I think it was Broken Flowers. No, although I have seen them. That's Jim Jarmesh, Jer- uh, right? Yeah. Bill Murray. Jarm- um, Jarmesh. Jer- yeah. Jar- Jarmesh. I love you. Jarmesh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the first thing I saw in Criterion was a Kubrick film. Mm-hmm. I think it was 
the killing. It was one of his early okay. ones. Yeah. And um or it may have been Doctor Strange Love, I don't know. But I they had the coolest fucking artwork for like all of the DVDs. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. And then um and then it was really when I saw the Life Aquatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, fucking A, man. It had movie. the coolest fucking cover. And then Brian De Palma's Blowout had an awesome cover. And I was like, what is it with this Criterion Collection? Everything they was touch. Was it like a cartoon? Yes. Yeah, cover. Yeah, I remember yes. that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what it is. Like, everything about the Criterion Collection, it just... Because it's... And you could tell it was... They only accept, like... Yep. Cert, films of a certain degree. Yep. And then I remember as... I was already obsessed with Boomers. Mm-hmm. And then when I walked in there one day and they actually had a Criterion Collection yes. section, which they still do, by yeah, the way. they do. I was like, this, this they are just fucking on point. Yeah. I don't know if you know whose idea that was. Whoever said we're going to have a separate section for Criterion. He just goes, funny story. Actually, that was my idea. I oh, wish. I wish I could take I fu- credit. Dude, it was brilliant, man. Because yeah. I have, even in my own DVD collection. Yeah. I separate the criterion. Like, oh, absolutely. It's just, it's on a whole new just plateau yeah. of, like, it's just so good. Before we had the criterion section, I mean, you would have to scan your eyes for that, like, C, yes. like, emblem it, as the, you're going the, along. The slightly crooked yeah. C. Yeah. yeah, just to, like, know that, oh, yeah, there Yes. Because um, yeah. I've lucked out a few times. With, like, I bought movies yeah. that... I just wanted to buy, and mm-hmm. it would just happen. There'd be like a Criterion edition. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like, oh. it's just so fucking cool, man. Yeah. I love Criterion Collection. Yeah. It's the best. It, it it alienates really good movies. That's the only way I can put it. Yes. Yeah. That's like, yeah. it just, it just figure. it's like the elites of movies. Yep. Because they'll be like, they won't even do like directors. It's not like they take like, mm-hmm. A, a director's entire filmography and no, just they don't. automatically no. put that. They'll be like, well, this movie doesn't meet the. Yeah. The criterion for criterion, so we're mm-hmm. just gonna fucking. What percentage of uh, DeBasio's DVD collection do you think is criterion? Dude, honestly, that idiot probably has like a quarter of his collection. <laughs> so there's a kid, Mike DeBasio, that we know, yeah. that is like a total, total idiot, total philistine, <laughs> like just a fucking Neanderthal when it comes to anything artistic, and so, but he 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 does like movies. So basically, I would just buy films. Like I don't I don't see a film in theaters and then fall in love and that's why I buy DVDs. I just buy DVDs all the time. Like I okay. just, like I I will see DVDs all the time that for the first time that I just bought it. That's was if I wanted to see a film I'd buy it on DVD. It was Eternal it. Sunshine for me. I saw it in the movie theater the first time. Oh I love that and movie. I actually remember they didn't I mean it's in like the widescreen, but yeah. whoever was running the picture didn't Oh, did the curtain thing come out like, like a little so bit? So the curtain was out, but the film was actually like hitting the walls, what I remember. Oh, so really? I was like, oh, like it's a it's, full screen because you just don't have it projected on the screen. Uh, but I remember funny. I convinced my mom because I was like, oh, I want to go see this film like Jim Carrey's in it. Like, I just want to see what it's all about. It's so good. Um, and I'm like sitting next to my mom and I remember I'm just like, don't cry. Like whatever you do, just yeah. like don't cry in front of your mom because it'll be the first time like you're in a movie theater and this happens. So yeah. just keep composure. But yeah. Oh, so good, man. Yeah. And then, yeah, I got obsessed with Kaufman because then adaptation is like one of my all time favorites. And then being John Malkovich to me is just just on a whole nother level. So good. So good. But, um, DeBizio. Oh, (laughs) so, so like, uh, Eric and I, we're on Mm -hmm. the same page. We, 
these are the movies we heard were good. We'd go to Bulma's, we'd buy them. Awesome. And by the way, it wasn't when DVDs were like nineteen bucks, like the Bulma's. So it was like you buy a movie for like three bucks. Yes. So we we would we would each have our own list. We would mm-hmm. screenshot IMDb of whatever we were, whatever rabbit hole we fell down. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. We go. We probably buy like four or five DVDs every time we went there. And then we would kind of boil it down to this perfect list of movies. Then this moron DeBasio comes and and, and we would give him the filtered, like we would do all this work to filter. So my DVD collection is like 1,800 DVDs. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of it, but let's say 500 of those aren't that great. Okay, He, Mike DeBasio has 500 DVDs that are all the most flawless. Perfect. So he looks like a better cinephile than Eric oh, or I. But literally. it's just because we told him what to buy. And this yeah. kid could not be more just of an antichrist to like artistic value. And somehow, if Roger Ebert like arose from the dead and stopped by a party at this kid's house, like, he would Whoa. be just... He would be like apoplectic as to how this kid came up with this perfect DVD collection. So you're into cinema, huh? right? <laughs> I mean, it's like amazing and like bizarre films, like Holy Motors, like like movies that no one really should oh should, should naturally so see. Working at Bull Moose, what's great? I mean, they had this is back when they had like the completely black red text POS system. Um, so like very aesthetically pleasing. You could search. You could search by like. Um, oh my god, it was so crazy. You could search by like certain uh, keyword searches, or like you had to type and you had to type the title of something correctly to search for it. So like it could be in the store, but you had to type it correctly in order like to letter like, for letter, yeah. space like Inglorious Bastards, because that's misspelled. You wouldn't have found that unless found unless it. you knew. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so a lot of it was looking on Google first. Yes. Getting like even like a UPC code and then putting it in to yep. like find it. But um, I just remember the headache of doing all that, but also. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, um, I'm going to like botch this, but the, uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky films, yeah. like, um, I'm trying to think, um, it's not I'm like, no, it's not Phantom Planet. Cause that's the band that Jason Schwartzman's a drummer in, but, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. So. Like I happened to just be, so when I worked at Bull Moose, I would spend, are you sure that's the right phone? This is the correct one. Okay. This is my own personal phone. So Wait, by, you have three phones? So, by the way, I have three phones. None of these are burner phones. Um, I'm currently <laughs> on call. So, I have my personal phone, which only a select few of my coworkers have my personal cell phone. Then yep. I have my work phone. And then I have my on-call phone. So and really, then you have your burner. And then I have my burner. So, <laughs> I can be reached anywhere, Many anytime. Um, but... Um, if you guys haven't heard of this, like he's like a director. Um, he, I was able to find, um, he put out like this, uh, box set of most of his movies, but one of them I'm trying to think of it's, um, I bet there's somebody listening to me right now. That's like screaming. It's called this. Um, uh, I'm trying, what's the director's name? It's, uh, it's like Alejandro Jaworski. It's really hard to pronounce, but he did um, El Topo. Okay, I haven't so seen that, that movie. And then also he has another movie, um, which is like all in cartoon. Um, 
once again, I'm like, it's not Phantom Planet, but I, I will look up the name of it. Um, so like I, or I would spend like 50% of my time like working and then 50% of my time just on the POS system being like, Oh, like, can I, can I find this? Like I look up right. an artist and I'll be like, Oh, do they have uh, a CD and album I've never heard of? That's just sitting in uh, another store used somewhere. Right, right, or can right. I order it from a distributor that hasn't been around for like 10 years? So right. I just look up that stuff and like order, 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 order. So no, that's cool. Time. Did you ever go to the Portsmouth one? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Portsmouth one's cool. Um, I, like, I like the Salem one better, though. The Portsmouth Best one nostalgia, is... I think. Well, that yeah. is what it is, because the, the Portsmouth one is more of like a proper... If you if there was like a 1990s film where there was a scene where like the cool kids walk through like a fucking CD right. store, the Portsmouth yeah. one would look cooler. Right. But the Salem one... Because you could breathe in the Salem one. It had tall ceilings, just an open floor fucking... All right, all right. An open floor concept, according to HGTV. And, like, just everything about it was great. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. Huh. You've been to Amoeba, right? Amoeba, yeah. It was like that? I went to... Uh, do you remember a guy named Mark Hollywood who was boning... Um, uh, what's the fucking... Oh, uh, and Nicole Smith... Oh, uh, remember that porn star? Yes, yeah. um, the one that married the eighty-year-old. Yes, guy? yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she was banging this guy Mark Hollywood, so he was like a like a an like a not even a D-list celebrity. He was like a G-list celebrity. Mark Hollywood. And I've got to look this guy's face up. Yeah, so we met him in um right outside Amoeba, and we went in there. But Amoeba, there's those cool YouTube videos where like like there's like. A ton of artists that will just walk to Amoeba and like pick out their shit. Like Jeff Tweedy was on one, Brandy Carlisle. Like these people just oh. walk through there all the time. It's cool. This Kinda. guy is such a non. But Amoeba is incredible, dude. Because you can get. I got like a. Oh, I got some really obscure shit there, and that's a that's an awesome fucking start. Their inventory is ridiculous. Mark Hollywood is such a non-celebrity, he doesn't even come up when you Google Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. I may have even misremembered his name. He's so not important. I'm going to like send you, you guys. It? So I couldn't find the... I don't think it's Holy Mountain. No, it's not because this oh movie... Oh, God, that, that movie's so fucked, dude. So like he made that movie and like other films. I've seen that. So yeah, I bought like his box set and I haven't watched all of it yet, but I... I feel like that's like the kind of artist that you sit down and watch when you're on something. Right, 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 right. Like watching it completely. So imagine watching Holy Mountain like with your parents. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, there's Scrub- some. They're scrubbing Jesus's ass for like five minutes. Yeah, there's some <laughs> fucked up. Like even like I'm a big David Lynch fan, but like oh, even, yeah. even like Inland Empire. Like there's some David Lynch movies that you're like, man, this would probably be way better if I was did, fucking baked. Did you watch Twin Peaks? I watched. Um, I should say, did you finish Twin Peaks? No. Okay. Okay. Am I the only person in this room that has? Yeah, because season three was abysmal, and I like Mark Frost, and I love David Lynch, and I have no problem saying I heard it. one episode in season three was just like a bunch of like war flashback oh, yeah. scenes. It was. My friend Jake watched yeah, it. I didn't make it he's, he's describing it to me, and he's like, yeah. for an hour, I'm just like, what the fuck is <laughs> it happening? It was like 20 minutes of like mushroom clouds. Yep. Like white noise, like oh, TV, yeah. black and white and gray fuzzies. I do believe it. And just like shit in reverse. And yeah. then, of course, there's uh, the episode 
where there's 15 minutes of a guy just sweeping a floor <laughs> in a bar. It was like, like here's the thing that bothered me is okay. I'm a huge David Lynch fan. Mm-hmm. Twin Peaks is one of my all-time favorite shows, like yeah. the original Twin Peaks, like 90 to 92. Not yes. the 25-year-later one. And I just thought, like, it was like looking at, like, kind of like a... I don't know, like a fucking amateur, like student film that was just trying to be fucking cool. Like I was just like, this Mm. is like contrived. It's motel art. I say, chucking. Oh wow, Jesus! Like that. We're trying. Okay. I mean, I mean it in the spirit of of Gil. I wonder if he knows. (laughs) I wonder if he knows. Nice. We actually just came full circle in two ways. Oh. Oh. One of which being maybe we should hit him with some office trivia. Okay. Okay. I like it. So. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you follow Benny Bunks on uh, the social medias, you will see that he posts a lot of office shit. Yes, he yeah. does. Not shit as in like quality, but will, shit as, stu- as in stuff. <laughs> I will rewatch The Office. So uh, my girlfriend is uh, very generous with the amount of times I watch The Office, but sometimes I just put it on as I do other things. Yeah, it's not it's like just, I'm, I'm right. sitting down like, this is it. I'm focused. It's very easy um, to put on in the background. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's the best. I have rewatched it too many times. Which I, makes me think you'll probably get most of the questions. That would be great. If I don't, I feel like I've let somebody I wish, down. I wish we almost had like Je- Wilson, Jeopardy buzzers so I could face you on office. Ah, shit. Here, I'll give it. I'll give you the thing. I'll read my, because they're right here. Okay. The what? The buzzer and the wrong thing. Oh, okay. How do I... So, oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, do I buzz in? So or? I came up with like okay. five questions. Sure. Because I wanted to do way more than that, but I ran out of time. That's fine. And by ran out of time, I mean I had like seven weeks to do this and mm-hmm. didn't fucking do it. Um, so it I'll comes, read those and yeah. then I'll pull up a generic. All right. So one. the only time I'll participate is if, if Ben, for whatever reason, gets something wrong. Okay. Just allow me like 10 seconds to see if I can get it. Okay, dude. That's fine. Though that I works. highly doubt you'll get anything wrong. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. First question. Okay. At the Crime Aid Benefit, mm-hmm. what did Kevin try to auction off that nobody purchased? I'll do your taxes. That's correct. Wow. Very nice. Am I supposed to let you guess these? No. No, no, I only It only gets ping pong to me if he gets it wrong. Okay. Valid. Um, what is the meaning mm-hmm. of, um, it looks like someone took the slow train from Philly. That's code for check out the slut. That's correct. Wow, very good. Oh, my God. Very good. Does Stanley have a mustache? Oh, my God. That's such a good question. Uh, yes. He's correct. Okay. That opener gets me every time because I, I have to revisit in my mind. I've seen that episode I, a million times, and every time I'm like, wait, does Stanley have a mustache? The listeners can't see, but I was sweating when he yeah. asked me that question. I got like a red Mississippi <laughs> zoom in on your brow, just sweating. <laughs> What is the name of the toy that Dwight stocks up on for Christmas and sells for $200? Oh, it's, um, I mean, Princess Unicorn, My Horse Can Pierce the Sky. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to give bonus points if you knew the, <laughs> the slogan, and he oh, just, wow. unprovoked. Okay. Anyway. I love when the guy comes in, and he's, like, giving the code, and he's like, this. <laughs> yeah, Michael was like, Michael. It's so funny. Oh, Princess Unicorn. Sweet. I thought those were sold out. And also, My can pierce the sky. When, uh, when Toby finally buys a Princess Unicorn, it's, it's a black one. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, And Daryl's oh, like, what's the matter with it? Yes. What a setup. It's so great. I wonder who wrote that, too. I know. Like, it's so it's good. It's so good. Um, ooh. Yeah. What's the name of Michael's charitable promise 
mm-hmm. put an entire school full of kids through college. I wish I wore this shirt. So I'm wearing my Dunder Mifflin shirt, but oh, I would have worn my Scott's Tots oh, shirt. Son of a bitch. Had, uh, I know. Jesus. Um, but you can just throw like random questions. Like I could just think if I know the answer or not. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but like the i mean the three main writers of the office position themselves to be in the annex so um you have like bj yeah, Novak, Mindy Kaling and ben- yeah, yeah yeah Mindy Kaling and paul who plays toby yeah. like they position themselves to be like away from the camera as so much they could be off writing if they needed yeah. to without being on camera yes yeah. um why are you the way that you uh, are <laughs> uh all right i got a question for you yeah, yeah. wait are you done with your original yeah i'm, I'm gonna be going to just like generic Sure. Web all right, shit the, now. So. All right. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm making this up. So That's it, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, so in season three, when they do the merger with Stanford, yeah, yeah. who's the name of the first person to be fired of the Stanford staff? First person to be fired? Um, oh, that's a really good question. So when they had the merger, um, I'm trying to think of who was the convict at the time. Well, I'll give you a uh, hint. Sure. <laughs> because Dwight alludes to this. He foreshadows this because he's talking about how when uh, the Japanese would get POWs, they would always pick a person to kill first to set an example. <laughs> so he actually he actually gives Michael the name of someone randomly that he wants to be fired, and it actually winds up oh, being that guy. Yeah, then it's um, Gardner, I believe. I just forget the first name, but the um, I mean, I could probably think of it. So the last name is Gardner, because I remember like just the voice he had when he said it. He's like, I think it's Tony, right? Uh, is it Tony? I feel like it's either Tony or because he's looking at the list and he says. Um, Oh my god! I don't even know the name. I just remember the last. I don't even know the answer to my own trivia question. Um, no, that's okay. Um, but I know when they were talking. So the merger happens, and then I'm like, "Is it titled the merger? Or is it titled the? It's not titled the convict, but the merger happens, and they're assessing. No, the convict's the episode after the, the episode merger. after that. Oh, so then. Um, Tony Gardner, the really fat kid. Yes. Yeah, so I had the last name and you had the first name. And Martin is the convict. <laughs> Martin's the convict. See, if you asked me that question, I could not remember it in the moment. All so. right. um, no, that was good, though. You got yeah. the last name, which is key. <laughs> I'm going to hit the bathroom. I'll be right back. All okay. Right. No, There's let me questions try. right there All if right. you need oh, them. Oh, wait, you have If questions. you need them. All right. These are probably going to be easy. So let's. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, God. Michael Scott didn't even get that. All right. How long were Pam and Roy engaged? Oh my god. Um great question. I'm like debating whether it was five years or seven years. Am I anywhere close? This is nine tough. years? Is it nine years? No, it's not nine years. Okay. No, 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 wait, no, I'm sorry. Because she does mention it. She mentions um let me think back. Uh well, before she breaks it off with Roy, I think they're engaged for three years. Three? Yeah, it says three to four years. Okay. So that, that is acceptable. Sweet. All right. Actually, this one's a little... I don't even know this Throw one. Throw it out. What name did Pam and Angela fight over for their babies? Oh, yeah. Um, so Angela was debating because it was the name of her cat, and Pam was saying that it was the name of her grandfather, and it was Phyllis? No, no, no. Sorry. Phil. Yes, Phil. you are correct. I was thinking of right. Phil was lapping, but right. yeah. Um. All right, this is kind of an, 
a weird one, but no, go ahead. Where does Jim tell Pam about his feelings? Where does Jim tell Pam about his feelings? I feel like that's so amb- ambiguous. I, yeah, that's why it's kind of a um, weird question. It happens multiple times too. No, but I guess when he tells her that he loves her. Oh, I mean, well, it's I mean, it's at Dunder Mifflin. I mean, he expresses it twice during an episode called Casino Night. So it was yeah. outside Dunder Mifflin during Casino Night, and then also, That's I mean, he I goes in for the too. kiss during the office scene. Right. The, so the, the correct answer is the office parking lot, which you got yeah. basically because Casino Night. Yeah. Um, and right. when he tries to during the. Um, what do they call the that? Cruise. The booze cruise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, actually, do you want to keep asking? Because I yeah, need a, you I need a the, piss the, really oh, bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll switch off. You're so once you great. come back. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Um, what tattoo? I already know the answer to this. What tattoo is Andy forced to get? <laughs> so he gets a dog and it says Nard Dog on it. I believe it's wearing a blue sweater. That's correct. <laughs> um... um Oh, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, cast member was having an affair with Angela's fiance, the senator? Which cast member? Oh, Oscar. That's I mean, cr- Oscar Martinez as a character. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Which I don't like how they worded that. Yeah. They should have said character, not cast. I don't know. Well, I mean, Oscar, I believe, is his actual name. Right. Because there's Angela, there's Oscar. Um, I don't think, I well, think Phyllis off, is Phyllis, was, but yes, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's correct. Was yeah. off screen? You think they were actually? No, I don't think so. All right. Um, what was plan A for Jim's wedding? And I could give you the options if you need them. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, it's either marrying her a long time ago. Pretty that much. was it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I remember the speech when he was, yeah. cause he's like, I bought the ring the week after I met her or whatever. Yeah. And everyone does that meme where like, it's a army vet and it's like, Oh, a week after started dating, like, Oh, the wedding <laughs> ring, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Those are so true too. It is. Um, who ruined Pam's pregnancy secret during her wedding weekend? Uh, that was Jim cause they were at Niagara Falls and he brought it up. Um, he mentioned it during his speech. This guy's good. Yeah. You know this guy? He really is good. He's good. Let's keep going. I'll keep going until I really have to pee. So here we go. I really want to get, see if you can stop. Yeah, let's see how much we can fit in before you piss yourself. Here we go. <laughs> um, which office employee did Michael hit with his car? That's easy. Meredith. That's correct. I'm going to try to think of one of my own. That's going to stump him. <laughs> Who started the fire? Oh, my gosh. Ryan. Ryan started the fire. What was he? It was what a was cheesy pita. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> um, in the pilot episode, who started their first day? Which that would like, be Ryan. I don't like how that's worded, but yeah, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a real good one. So yeah. keep going. This on. is a dumb question. Who does but, Toby have a major crush on? Obviously, um, Phyllis. Well, I mean, he has a major crush on Pam, but he does hook up with. Um, Pam was the answer. Uh, okay, yeah. Let's just go with Pam. Here Who does we go. he hook up with? So, I mean, I say hook up, but he does... Um, Coitus? He kisses... <laughs> uh, I'm like, what's her name? The the manager for a short period of time in season nine. Um, oh, oh, the fucking yeah. crazy lady. Yeah. Oh, I so can't they, they kiss after name. Toby's like explaining oh, his, yeah, yeah. His, his trial to her yes. for like hours on yeah. end. And what's really funny is that you'll see like Michael and other characters like 
no, sorry, not Michael. You see Jim and other characters like slowly move yeah. out of the kitchen as he's starting to talk about yes. the trial as if like, we're done with this. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, we're just going to leave. Um, yeah. Um, what is the name of Holly's boyfriend when she goes to Nashua? Oh, um, his name is... I want to say for the record, I've had three drinks. Yeah. So my cognition might not be. Do you want another one? We got I'm going on number four. All right, so. Here we go. Um, his name is. Damn, that's a good question. See? Uh, do you know the answer to this? Oh, I do. It's Andrew. Ah, fuck. Because it's written on the shoe as um, Andy. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Woody. Jesus, this kid's good. All right. Um, why does Brian, the mm-hmm. boom microphone guy, get fired? Wait. That dates Pam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has a conflict. So, Pam. You should have. A better question would have been what is the boom mic guy's name? That's a good question. I already told you, but that, that would have been a better question. That would have been a good question. Um, so, I can't name the episode, but Pam is doing her mural, and uh, one of the warehouse workers uh, draws butts on it. Right. And. Uh, what Dwight and Pam, and it's actually really nice because Dwight and Pam like work together yes. on something, which is so beautiful to watch. Unless he has a concussion, uh, it's he has very a concussion. Out of the, right. Yeah. Pan? Is it red? Is it sore? That's what she said. I love he's, the uh, only time that line gets a laugh is when Dwight uses it. The yeah, doctor like chuckles. I love when he's like naming the folder and he's just typing Dwight over oh, and over. Oh, it's so sad. Um, <laughs> so there's butts drawn, and, and Dwight and Pam decide to get back at this person and that's going to be the burps. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, dude. So they end up taking like washable paint and writing a bunch of stuff on this person's truck and he gets very upset. And then uh, this Mike individual oh, intervenes right. during that conflict. Hey, man, come on. Yeah. And I believe actually the, uh, the warehouse worker, I think it's like Mike or something, but he just like he even like calls her like a bitch or something. So like that oh, like Jesus, threw me off too because like I made it like so real in the moment. Right. Um, I think you can only, I think NBC only allows like a certain amount of bitches per right. episode or whatever before they bleep something. Well, they but. got pretty, there's like one episode in particular where, yeah. where Michael says faggy, like literally 15 times. I know. Oh, it's, yeah. it's so funny. Watching like, that. How did they let this go? Yeah. Um, oh, I got a question. Yeah. What, uh, Phyllis, Phyllis's yeah. demented relative that wanders off from her wedding. What's his name? Oh, um, I can definitely remember this. I uh, remember, so what I do is like the episode and then I'm like, play through the episode and it's then like I will the figure ABCs. it out. Um, it's an <laughs> uncle. Yeah. I know that. Um, and I remember like Michael saves the day by finding this person or basically talking to him and he's just so, he has dementia. Right. Uncle Al. Yeah, I think that's right. You think that's right? Do you want to just check? Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Uncle Al. Because Kevin a- says it. He's like, uh, oh, yeah, anyone, like, knows, like, oh, you found Uncle Al. Yeah, like Uncle yeah. Al, he, uh, he's 70 yeah. something and has dementia. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just. And then they start playing the police. Roxanne. Yeah, and Roxanne. like. I'm pretty sure it's um, Uncle Al. All right. Fuck. I'm gonna, I really want <laughs> I really want to stump you. I want to get you to call Uncle and tap out. All right. I mean. But it's hard because. 
my brain's on like. Well, the thing about the this. office is like yeah. the underlying thing is it that is Uncle who, Al, that's correct. The underlying yeah. thing is whoever likes the office has like been obsessed with the office. Like, there's no yeah. passive office fans. That is true. So that's what's tough. This yeah. w- this one made me chuckle when I read it because <laughs> it's just fantastic. All right. Tim Jim, let's see if you can get this before he gets it. Because right. he's going to get it. Wait, so are we racing? Or are you <laughs> no, handing no, I'm it, to give me it to me first? No, I'm going to give it to you, and you're, you might not get it, and then so I'll give it to So he can only okay. guess if I, okay. if I throw in the towel. Right. Uh, what is Michael's username for the online dating website? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Little kid lover. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He got it. If you didn't know right away, I was going to run to the bathroom yeah. and come uh, back with the answer. So. No, you, we get, you can right. go to the bathroom. we got to take right. an ad break anyways. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Ad break. Um, so, and we're back. Yep. Um, so who throws, who scissors Michael? Who throws scissors to him on multiple occasions? Oh, that would be Aaron. That's correct. Got it all. I was hoping uh, it was going to be a couple of people. All right, I got a question. Yeah. What are the themes mm-hmm. of the room at Dwight's Bed and Breakfast? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, as he answers it with ease. I know number one is the irrigation room. Yep, fantastic. Um, oh my gosh! And I'll look. I'll look it up while you think. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, I know they go with irrigation, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, there's the irrigation room. Um, oh my god, that's a that's a really there's good two question. More. Well, y- yes, uh, I know there's. T- I really mm-hmm. hope I stumped you. I knew. Um, I knew one of the other ones, and the third I didn't. I couldn't remember. I'm thinking of the line that he says afterwards about like the the wireless and how like Mo stole all the wires. So that's what I'm focused on. Um, one one of them would be a totally obvious choice to pick that they didn't pick if you were staying at this place. Um, totally obvious to pick if they didn't pick. I really hope I stumped you. You might have. I'll be so sad satisfied with myself because you're. <laughs> that's a really good question because you're like a. Office prodigy. Damn. Um, I'm trying to like put myself in the scene to remember what he yeah. said. So you just need two uh, more. So, all right, give me one. Yeah, because he they're sitting on the bed upstairs, right? When, yep. When he asked them where, uh, I love this. this is- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is. It's a very esoteric because it's. It's they're so weird that. Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, is there slaughter room? No. Okay. My brain was thinking that you're thinking of when they were uh, doing the walkthrough for. Yep. For the wedding. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, if I pay you extra, can you slaughter the day before? Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna be so proud of myself. Damn, I'm trying to <laughs> just say it, man. Just give up. Mm. Give in. There's the irrigation room. <laughs> there is because it's two things that they don't want. I remember that, <laughs> but it's like right because they go with irrigation. The last one I would pick would be irrigation too if I was in their <laughs> shoes. Yeah, because they picked the ir- irrigation was the last one and they picked that. Right, right. Um, so there's irrigation. And uh, the first two, like the other two, are yeah. totally unrelated. Damn it! I will give up on this one question because <laughs> I wait. You throw it in the towel? Yeah, I will on this one question. Oh, I'm gonna be so. I'm well, so. Give, give me one of the rooms and maybe I'll get the other one. America. 
Okay. Do you know the third one? Which would be such the obvious it's, choice to pick if you're staying in a bed and breakfast. Um, but it's like totally unrelated. I don't know. Nighttime. <laughs> nighttime. I because I would have forgot about nighttime. I knew there were three. I just know what they chose. Which makes it so much funnier that they picked Irrigation. I'm just. I'm just so satisfied that because my That's whole a really good my question. whole mission was just to stump you. I mean, if you ask me, like, you know, what does Dwight look like that? What does he look at that right. night when he's crying? I would say oh, like yeah, the cherub. Yeah. Right. Um, right, right. Oh my god. <laughs> and then what does he say? You know, like he he talks about like um, that since the storm. Yeah, since the storm. Yeah. You know, if you ask me those questions, I'd be like, okay, here we right, go. Right, right, right. Damn, that's a really good question. All right, man. We I got stumped <laughs> once. That was, you had a great run though. Yeah, I was impressed. That oh was really god. good because there was a lot of stuff that even I. Did, did not come to the forefront of my mind when yeah. I was asked. And the thing about so other folks that watch The Office, I'm also part of like an Office like super fans page and stuff like oh, that on Facebook. Of course you are. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And like there's also an Office page where you can only post um, quotes from The Office. So like I at one point, um, I was dating somebody at the time and it was it was for a very short period. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. So like I posted that quote that Michael says about like Holly when they're having um, the company like volleyball thing. Yeah. And he's, you know, saying how like, um, you know, like, well, she'll have her life. I'll have my life. And at one point, like we'll come together and everything will be great. It's so, like, I posted that and I got so many like sad reacts. Like, why would you do that? Like, this is where we post about funny things. Why the right. fuck would you do that? And they just bond uh, everybody out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I really appreciate and I wish my, I wish my dad was like, into podcasts and like new technology, but the office to me, um, my dad is a, he is like Michael Scott, like to a T that is, that is who he is. And, um, I remember just me and him, um, I bought like season one and two and we kind of discovered the office at the same time. I was just like, I'm like, which phone is going off? (laughs) Um, but I was like, we discovered the office at the same time and me and him, it was, it was the thing that we bonded over. Like we watched, we would watch it on um, like NBC when it came out, but also we would just buy the DVDs and watch the DVDs together. And I remember um, this was two, it was like two, three years ago. I got him uh, the complete like office nine season set. It comes like this cube thing. You know, I got that for him for Christmas and he was just so appreciative of it. Yeah. And um, like long story short, my parents are divorced. So like I try to spend time with like my, right. my mom and my, my dad evenly. But, um, I just remember like so much, like that was the one thing that we bonded over. It was yeah. this like silly, like comedy show that had like heart to it. And I feel like with, without that show, I wouldn't be who I am. So yeah. like it just encompasses it's like everything in my life. Right. Cause it has um, like, it has like, you know, uh, like, extrinsic properties to to the benefits of it. People have said too that um, with the idea of Michael Scott is that he treats the people that he works with as a family. Like right, they're, right. they're not just coworkers. Like they are his life and like who he loves and who he cares about. And like even the simplest scene of like, um, I think like Jim saying, you know, like, uh, you know, like Pam's pregnant and then like Michael running over and tackling him, you know, right, it's just right, like, right, it right. just encompasses that. Like the idea of your work life 
ends up becoming part of your family in a way. Yeah, no, it sure um, does. Like, and you have to like think of it like, you know, like I spend 40 hours a week with people that I wouldn't normally you know. Spend, you spend more um, hours with your coworkers than you do probably anyone else in your anyone life. Anyone else in your life. I mean, so 40 be, hours a week, yeah. that's a fucking long time. It becomes a family. Yeah. Um. So the office has been like this... If I ever meet Steve Carell like in real life, I will just cry. <laughs> like right, right, you right. know, because um and I know it's not necessarily him, you know, it's like it's Greg Daniels, um Yeah, but he's like along the, with but he's other the, folks. the he's the but, arbiter yeah. of the brilliance. Yes, it's, absolutely. You know, like he took the first season almost I mean the pilot episode like shot for shot. Um yeah, yeah. but you know, he and there's so much there's so much discussion around the first season. I, I do not like the first season. It paints him in such like a bad way. I know, but it's so but that's, funny. That's still, the way they, it doesn't have yeah. the, it doesn't have the empathic qualities of yep. the later Michael Scott, but it's still, I think like, like <laughs> diversity day is yeah. one of my favorite office oh, episodes. Good, yeah. It's, it should, <laughs> because it is just, it's and I, I know what you mean because it, it yes. paints Michael as more of like an obnoxious, douchebag yeah. and not like just a clueless nice guy that says mm-hmm. it, like that's just filled with impropriety and like yes but the the <laughs> thing about season one is it's it's more cutthroat and more in vain of the of a british yes, office where it's, it's really just yeah, to offend David brent and like right. his <laughs> it's much more brentian did you um, watch the british yes yeah i haven't i own it I'm and i've loser. watched it so um uh, i will say that like um casino night is supposed to in its own way mirror they did so they had two seasons of the uk office then they had like um an episode after all that to kind of put it all together and and gervais does that a lot with his projects and like because he likes to and i like that he does this i don't know if you watched extras but he did i have not yet he did this with extras um he likes to kind of do just like episodically funny stuff and then tie it kind of all together because there's like a sweetness that he likes to bring in and then like he'll he'll kind of do like a giant almost like movie length type thing to bring it all together um that is what he did with the office like the uk version and what was really great um it's similar to like the casino episode and it like punches me in the gut every single fucking time so they did a version where um the office is like throwing a party and you have like your your Jim character, you have your Pam character, right. um, but Pam is Don and Jim. I forget yeah, I forget his exact name. I like that actor. Um, I do like the actor, but I just I forget the character. I can't name. remember um, And at the beginning of this, like I think it's like over an hour episode. Um, you think that like Don has basically um, like stuck with Roy the whole time, like, or the Pam has met, like stuck with Roy the whole time. You think like they had a child together, but really it's like the Pam character is just like babysitting. And then you find out that like the Pam character still has feelings for the Jim character. And they, they basically have this like office kind of like reunion ish thing. And they end up, um, coming together at the end and like walking away from the party like together and that's kind of where it ends right so right. like it totally throws you off because you think like she has all these feelings for this one person like it's just been consistent like i'm gonna go with this roy person this is the person i want to be with and then yep. it just totally like takes you out at the end and you see them walking off it's the same 
same thing like Eternal Sunshine. Like I just like cried at the end. Oh, I was, that's the I, best. It it just got me in so many ways because I'm like, not only is the show funny, but like, but like when they take the bus to the beach and then they wind up basically, it's like it's yes, you wind up with whoever you're supposed to wind up with at the end. <sighs> I love it when comedy because it's so beautiful. Like comedy can have. But you can comedy pull out your heartstrings well, so because, much more than, because comedy only work laughter yeah. is like a reaction to something's only funny if it's true. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least rings true. Yep. And so it has the same kind of sentimental properties as any good drama in the mm-hmm. sense that the whole point is to get to the truth or something. Like yeah. if a comedian says something like ridiculous or silly, you're like, That's fucking lame. That's not funny. Mm-hmm. But if a comedian says even if it's deeply offensive, if it makes you laugh, it's because on some Somewhere in there, it's because of what they said is true. Right? Yeah. And that's why that's why those two genres merge, because the whole point of, I guess, art, not to put a pretentious point on it, but it is Go. to get to truth. <laughs> yes. And there's almost like a euphoric quality when something comes together, where it's like, yeah. oh, this was hilarious. And now, like, and that's why I like Kaufman so much, because yeah. he does that, you know? But that's why The Office, too, because The Office has more, uh, like... Like Michael Scott's like a real person at the end of the office. He's I, not just like a cartoon character that comes in and disrupts things well, with, with with like goofy shit. Like I know <laughs> Michael Scott. Like I really yeah. those people exist. Yeah. And they mean well. Yeah. And they say stuff that offends people and it's hilarious because what makes it funny isn't the intrinsic comedic mm-hmm. quality of the statement. It's the reaction uh, uh, that it gets from like respectful, serious people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like throwing a pie in the face of Queen Elizabeth is funny. If you just threw pie in your buddy's face, you'd be like, "That's fucking stupid." But it's like when something is so just inappropriate <laughs> that well, the like, fact that he has no idea, right? And so, then the oblivion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have watched. Oh my god, my YouTube suggests office videos all the time. And one of them that I watched was that the first six episodes is supposed to somewhat mirror the UK and that Michael is supposed to be portrayed as this person, like an antagonist. Like you hate him. Like you want him to see right, him he's fired. The, the, it's, um, the people in the office have to deal with this idiot. Yes. And that's the, that's the relationship. That is it. And what happens, um, and they actually talked about the writing style. So what they did for season two and on um, they made him likable and they tried yeah. to create ways to be like, yeah, they made him lose weight and fucking, I'm sure he got yeah, hair like transplant hair transplant. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. tried to design ways to same with Andrew Bernard, because you have this character. I they, love, see, I love season three, Andy, when he has the anger management issues because <laughs> he was not supposed to be, because he started off as a yes. douchebag and yes. wound up as a nerd. And, <sighs> and yeah. I love the douchebag Andy. Like I like the frat boy. That's not cool anymore. And all of his, <sighs> All of his cool college flashbacks are totally embellished anyway. Like, I just... Douchebag Andy yeah. is... I think that's the best incarnation of that character. When he goes to anger management, that was supposed to be the end of right. his career. I don't know who signed him on to continue. Because he's brilliant. But, like, Ed Helms is so funny. <laughs> the idea that he can go from a character that you were supposed to, like, hate, he was supposed to go away, and the fact that they wrote him into a character that becomes And he's so impotent manager. and harmless. It, it's it's such a unique writing style, and I think one of the ways they did it was they give he, reasons for you to root for him. So they're like, oh, his his parents don't 
Like his parents oh, basically acknowledged right, that like, he like, never got his dad's affection. Never got his dad's they, affection. He had a he had a younger brother that it's, did better than so he. he was supposed to be named like his younger brother's name. But then at like four years old, they decided that <laughs> right. his younger brother was going to best emulate the family. So like <laughs> yeah. that was the whole reason behind it. So like you root for this character that you're like at the beginning you're like I don't like you. You're super annoying. But then you're like this is the reason why you are the, the way that you are. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah, but feel- even but even without so I yeah. know what you mean because that is the writing style. It's yeah. basically and and which is fair because most people wind up you the way they are succeed. because like, like wanna- everybody's kind of just born a blank slate. Yes. So if if you're a douchebag, you're you're very likely were brought up in a circumstance that like forced yeah. you to be a douchebag. Oh yeah, or at least inspired you to be. Mm-hmm. But with Andy. Even without any of the backstory, like if you take away all the sentimental thought behind it, when yep. he, when Jim has his phone on the ceiling and he punches the yes. hole, I just think that's when that character was at its Did you funniest. hear my new ringtone? <laughs> yeah. I did all four parts, yeah. Because I just, I oh just love, I love douchebag. Like season three, Andy is my favorite. When yeah. he's like the sycophantic suck up to Michael Scott and everything he does is just like, he's just so cheesy, but he's like, a fucking asshole. Like, that's what I like about... The, like, I like Andy the whole way through. Yeah. But, like, I like when he's a prick more than when he's, like, this kind of sappy yes. guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, he goes from being a character that I feel like has very defined character, and then he becomes this almost, like, silly, like, noodle right. person. And even, like, becoming the boss, he, he talks about how much he wants to impress his parents, how much he wants to like, right. Like he's so castrated that that he can do the job instead of just doing the job. Like that's, what's most important. Like Robert California was like, uh, what does he say? Like when he gets that tattoo and everything, he quotes like, you know, like (laughs) I want someone basically that has like no filter, you know, like an Andy is somebody that, you know, expresses himself like freely, but I almost like counter that with, he's just so, all over the place at every time. And the way he, I get so upset when he t- like dates Aaron and doesn't date Aaron, then dates Aaron again. Cause I feel so bad for her. Like she's trying to like, <laughs> figure out herself. I love when his, <sighs> uh, his, he goes to break up with his girlfriend and he says that he's gay. And yes. then they're all like, they're like, I knew it. I just like hanging out with you. Like, doesn't mean I'm gay. And even the way he, um, I feel bad for Aaron. There's so many characters that have all these flaws, but you love them anyway. So there's like a very small scene where they ask Aaron. Aaron is asked about how old Andy is and she just guesses. She's like, I think like, I think he says like 38 or like 50 something. Like she just guesses. So like even that just worries me so much. These characters that have all of these flaws that they're so upfront about in front of these cameras and I don't know. Maybe just normal. Maybe that's what everybody is like. They're just trying to figure it out. They're just trying to go with the flow. But especially with like Andy and Aaron's relationship, I just, I get so upset when I watch it because like Aaron could do so much better. And then she does. Um, Like she dates Pete or plop. And (laughs) like even that one scene where um, they're watching like die hard together and she like cuddles in closer. I'm like, finally, like she's, trying to be like the person that she wants to be and like trying to seek there's so much about the office i could just like unpack i'm like oh, do we best. have enough time it's but the best. it's fantastic uh, you know it just it's watching the office is a good way to model and i wish my clients would watch the office because it's a good way to like see behaviors that you don't want and see behaviors that you do want and like you can watch in real time like 
if Michael makes a racist joke, you can watch it in real time. Like right. people react and be right, like, oh, right, so right. the whole room saw this happen right. and they realized this was not okay. But like right. you're laughing because you realize that this is not okay. So like, right. I feel like if I didn't have the office, a lot of my social interactions and cues just wouldn't be there. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm just like, oh, I can laugh at this, but I know this is not right. Like, right, right, right. right. Uh, my God, we I think we can chalk it up as one of just the best shows that's ever existed. Oh yeah, I mean that's what definitely. Did you listen to uh, the Office Ladies podcast? I have not yet. I know that they started. It's like, 2019. It's pretty good, but I also they go into like episodes or they do. They go like kind of episode by episode and mm-hmm. and stuff. It's basically and, like a DVD commentary podcast. Right. They right? talk about stuff that oh. like you wouldn't otherwise know, really. Right. And it, I get a little annoyed because yeah. they like more or less get really bubbly with each other about cats. I don't. I don't know. Okay. Something about it, I just, yeah. it yeah. gets annoying after a few episodes. Sure. But it's cool information. Yeah. Right, right. Like right. little hidden shit. I have watched them. Um, so I bought the DVDs and they do have commentary from like BJ yeah. Novak and like uh, Paul, who plays Toby, will be on yeah. sometimes. And it's uh, it's really good just to listen to like them talking about the episodes. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, so that has been really beneficial to my office knowledge right 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 um, it's funny that they like recorded the uh pilot thinking like okay well that was fun it was a shot right. for shot right. of the uk see you guys oh, never yeah. Yeah. see you guys never yeah and yeah. Then they're like oh actually this is gonna be like a- and then it became like the biggest show on tv right i think they definitely ended it at a good point and the fact that they went so meta to say like this is the reason why we're filming it Right, you know, right, like right. we're gonna put it out as a series. Cause it, yeah, because it did go full meta at the end when yep. they had like the cast, uh, yep. like interview with like yeah. treating it as a documentary. Yep, and like they were kind of realizing at the time, like, oh, this is why you were doing all of it. And they even had that one cold opening where they explained, oh my god, <laughs> it gets me every time. But they explained to like uh, Pam and Jim, you know kind of the reason for all of this was like, we're kind of following you guys to see where you go. And then Pam says, well, nothing exciting is going to happen in anytime soon. I think it's like the cold opening to like season nine and Jim's face just kind of like drops. Like, is that it for us? Like, is this where we are? And then nothing else is going to happen. Right. Then it leads into Jim, like going for the sports marketing, um, athlete company and all that stuff. Um, I lost my train of thought for a second, but, um, it's just like, it was really cool to see it kind of flip on itself the way that it ended. I think it ended on a good note and even having like Michael come in like during the last episode right. with like Dwight's wedding and kind yeah. of just capping everything off at that. Yeah. It was a nice little bookend to the, yes. Yeah. And having like, that's what she said joke, like in the right. last episode, you know, like right. it was really good. Um, I don't, there's always like talk about if they're going to come out with new episodes and it'd be really cool to see, the current cast so like even if jim and pam are in like um if they're in like philadelphia and they're not in pennsylvania that would be fine if they had like pete and aaron dating and like all the other things maybe like a new boss or whatever like it'd be cool to see it happen but right i don't see the longevity of it and people talk about whether you know a joke worked at its time whether it would work now like a, that's what she said even like something simple as that i just think like it was good for the time that it was and it's really hard to write something new that's not going to be... Yeah, no, it shouldn't. No, yeah. no it's sacred yeah. ground. Don't fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, like, 
it's it's it, it's amazing what and I speaking for myself, yeah. I think it's sad that this has to be a statement, but it's amazing what they got away with at the beginning because I think like the first four seasons of that show were fucking brilliant. Yeah. And oh, yeah. a lot of that shit, I think now there'd be too much pressure to even risk some of those jokes. Yeah. Um, and the whole point of Michael Scott, of course, is to be directly yeah. in counter with yep. this whole obsession with like, oh, you're not allowed to say that. But that's why it makes you funny. Yeah. And isn't it actually the sign of a society that's progressive when we're laughing at something because we mm-hmm. know you're not supposed to say it. Like, so yeah. like, can't we still say something naughty when the whole reason that it's funny is because it's so absurd? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, even uh, when like, like, like when Michael Scott keeps saying like faggy about Oscar, <laughs> like nowadays people will be upset by that, but it's like, but the whole thing that makes it funny is because we know you're cringing. You're like, not supposed no. to say yeah, it. So exactly. isn't it? Isn't the comedy of that actually just like a testament to how far we've gone? Right, right. Because if 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 we lived in a world where like you could just say faggy to whoever you wanted, like it wouldn't be funny. Right. Yeah. But the whole reason that it's funny is because everybody, every like normal thinking adult knows like you're not there, supposed to say that, especially in the workplace. <laughs> right, like that's but that's that's Michael There's, Scott. Michael as Scott, a boss about I, one of your employees. I really think yeah. that like if if uh, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I maybe it's because I'm so cynical now that like I see no. network shows and I'm like. Everything's so lame and like just I it doesn't pack any punch and nothing is funny unless it pushes some envelope. In that episode too, so the whole idea is that like he's calling people faggy, but then he learns in the episode that he shouldn't call Oscar. <laughs> so that's the whole right. point. It's like as long as they're addressing in the episode that hey, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Right. I think that makes it so much funnier right. because they're addressing that you shouldn't call Oscar faggy. And then even right. Toby says, like, you know, he has talked to me. He <laughs> has come out as, like, you know, like, homosexual. So, like, you shouldn't be saying those things. No, and I then Michael even has, like, the conflict I, of, like... I love when Toby goes... He goes, okay. He's actually uh, he a goes, homosexual. He goes, Oscar's yeah. gay. And Michael goes, okay, let's not push it too far. Yes. Goes, no, no, no. <laughs> That's actually so good. Yes. <laughs> it is so funny, dude. Like, but none of the, but, yeah. but, but, but the thing about that episode, that's uh-huh. great because like you said, like the, the, the whole arc of, of that 22 minutes is to yep. teach Michael, but it's not some pandering message to the audience. Like, oh, look, kids, this is like, it just, it just, in. It, it goes a natural way yes. of being funny, and they the way they did it. That's why I like it. Because nowadays I look at shows, and I'm like, oh, yick. Like, in terms of, like, network shows. Yep. Yick. I mean, like, even, like, some HBO shows that I see. I'm like, The Office was way fucking edgier than this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They and dealt it, with, oh, my God, like, homosexuality, depression. They dealt with so many right. things. Anal fissures. Right. Yes. Medi- oh my god so like yeah just the conversation around like, <laughs> like what is you your said anal fishes and ben goes yeah oh my god yeah you're just hoping i put my hands you can't see it but i put my hands in the air um, i thought you were gonna was, go into a tirade about anal fishers um are they real but they were able to take so many very sensitive topics and like stretch it out and make it so funny and like 
the idea that Dwight is asking everybody to write down their medical condition, right. like conditions, every taboo, like, right. like every single thing on a whiteboard in a conference right. room to make sure that you can be covered by it, by your medical insurance, like right. blows my fucking mind because I talked to my coworkers about medical insurance and I just explained to them like, Hey, this is a plan that I'm on. You know, it covers all these things. Like, yep. you know, whether you're deductible, this or that, I can never imagine a million years sitting down in a conference room being like, Hey, go up on this whiteboard, write down what you have as a medical condition. Right. And I mean, we're like going to see if we can cover totally it. Totally antithetical. We'll, to yeah. everything we'll sit here and wait while you do that. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just fucking fantastic. Yeah. Right in this area, this is like, these are things that you have as a medical condition in this area. These are things that we can't make fun of you for because right. you have it as a medical condition. <laughs> right, you right, know, right. like it's just, Oh my God. Oh, that's great. And even when, um, Dwight says like, uh, he was talking to, um, I'm about to say Aaron, but, um, when he's talking to Kelly about like, uh, point to the area that you think, <laughs> or point to the area that like your medical condition is like you know pertinent to pertinent to, and yeah. he like stops right yeah. at her vagina and just like keeps pointing for like five seconds, like <laughs> so fucking funny, uh, it's hilarious, <laughs> you know. And I feel like they weren't even at that time, like they weren't even taking. Maybe they were taking a risk. Maybe they weren't. But like it was just no. I just so think now good. it's so uh, we just live in this PC hellhole yeah. where we're just not supposed to admit stuff that's. That's actually funny for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Even though every day of my life I've carried on conversationally like I did in yeah. 2003 and everybody in their private lives keeps talking like they always did. But for some reason when it's on TV now, we're supposed to pretend that everybody's whoa, 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 whoa. everybody's this humorless fucking rube that can't I, handle shit. I have the fear of... so. Um, I go to an open mic on Wednesday nights um, at Fody's in Nashua. Yeah, I drive. Does Max go there? Max does. So yeah. I drive an hour and ten minutes to go from Medford to Nashua because of traffic. Right, right, right. Uh, I usually go to Riverwalk Cafe, which yeah. now they, we can talk about it later, but they banned uh, comedy oh, altogether wow. there. Interesting. Um, and then right next door is Fody's. I do their open mic. Uh, you sign up around like 10, 1030. It goes to like 1, 130 in the morning. Um, I usually just play music. Um, yeah. However, I have gotten in this really good rhythm where Max will write like three or four bits that he's going to you know, do on stage and I'll write the rest of his set. So I'll write things that he just has to say no matter what. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> I think of it as in terms of like a podcast. So like I'll write things that... Um, are like really like shitty intros to like a podcast, right. like a quick one liner, or I'll write something that's like promoting. Um, I always do like a Squarespace ad. It'll take a whole fucking page on his notepad, and I'll just write like, um, you know, like if uh, you ever dreamed about building your uh, perfect. Um, dream website use squarespace.com use the <laughs> promo code maxwell schultz at maxwellschultz.com to get 10 percent off your first yeah website uh whether it's gaming or um, <laughs> be some long so drawn out it'll plug. be like a whole fucking page and yeah. he'll he doesn't have the cadence to like read it the way that i'm imagining it so he'll be like so he's just reading squarespace.com right. enter the promo code like that's fine um, but I'll write like the end of his bits. And sometimes it's like, you know, it's a cross between like a lyric of a song. So a cross between a song lyric and a promo ad that I 
always fucking doing it, always fucking kills is um Oh my god. Uh it's um cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Thank God I booked at hotelstonight.com <laughs> promo code Maxwell Schultz at maxwellschultz.com to save 10% on hoteltonights.com. So it'll be shit like that. Yeah. And he just reads it in like a monotone, which is fucking hilarious because I'm dying in the back crying. Yeah. Um so <laughs> my fear about going to Fodies and doing stand-up because Max always says like, oh, my friend Ben wrote like the last end of my set for me. Right. I really wish he'd come up and do stand-up is I'm so worried about saying something that would just immediately offend like a cr- like half the people in the room. And like, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going to offend other people, but I, at the same time, like I want to try things and I wanted to see like what works in a room. I'm so nervous to like take that first step and not have a guitar in front of me. Right. Cause like I can banter in between songs and be funny. Right. But when you're just completely exposed, completely naked and just like, here's a microphone. But here's like my yeah. problem with this whole PC. Thing. It has yeah. like adverse effects. So like mm-hmm. I'm, I never, I don't have any desire to actually like upset anybody personally. I don't either. But the, the problem with this PC thing yeah. is it, I feel like the, the temperature is, is to a boiling point where now it's like, it's like almost like I do just want to shatter the glass. Like if okay. the, if the worst thing yep. that happened to you yep. is that you were like really offended by words that a stranger said, mm-hmm. you, you're probably live a pampered life like if that's the worst thing that happened to you yeah you're not getting fucking you're not walking to the projects with groceries and getting mugged Mm -hmm. you're not worried about your kid fucking starving to death like if the worst thing that happens to you is you go out and a fucking comedian says something you don't like then you know what you're probably at such a point of privilege that like why should i really even take into account your precious feelings to begin with if you are paying to see if you so if you are paying to see a comedian Right. You should have. It should be like going to a baseball game and getting hit by a foul ball. Like there should just be an agreement that if you get hurt, you agreed, you paid money, you agreed to sit down and see what to listen to whatever the, this comedian is going to say. Number right. one. So if you put money down, you're contractually have, obligated have to not respect. Sit down and right. listen to what they're gonna say. Right. That's all I have to say about that because it it annoy like hagglers at a comedy open mic like open mic I totally understand but if you're paying money to sit down and see somebody sit down and see their act and like if you don't know what you're going into when you pay money to sit down and see somebody that is right. your own fault right. but if you think that like you have some kind of obligation to stand up and just yell something at right. somebody like no like they have a routine that they practice for months same thing like if you guys were playing a show and somebody came up and just went like yeah i think i'm just gonna like press an effect switch like when you're not ready for it like i'm just gonna see what happens i'm gonna hit the tuner button you know that just like cancels right. out that your would whole not guitar fly. that would you not know fly. like it would not fly it's the same exact thing like you guys yeah you practice something like you you perfect your craft so much that you're going up and people are paying you to see this like respect what is happening right right and valid the, yeah, no, yeah i agree that's a that's a good note to uh yeah. to leave off on it is just yeah. once a day lob a grenade into the most and just see what precious happens. i am not on twitter but if people. i was you should I get know. twitter i mean i, I basically know. got banned from twitter yeah you yeah. want to tell the nice people what your uh, Instagram is? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so bed bunks is my Instagram. Not bunk beds, folks. Bed bunks. Yeah, bed bunks. And if you, <laughs> if you search up bunks, you'll probably find like all of my uh, cousins and brother. 
just like random. That's all their social media. Yeah, it's like uh, something bunks. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like what my cousins are, but my brother's. Oh my god, I feel like he's not that active on Instagram. I know on Facebook he's like. I'm like G bunks, uh, G bunks, with his birthday like seven ten or something like that. But yeah, I, I would know. use I would use bunks and everything. My cousin Kelsey is like K bunks. Um, I nice. know that my Tyler, my cousin Tyler is like uh, I think it's like T bunks with like his, All his family is, is just getting yeah. We're essentially like <laughs> bunks. Yeah, follow my family. Don't follow me. And then is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, yeah. So we have an untitled EP coming out yep. uh, soon. It'll be three songs. I mean, the title of the song. So we have every... Well, sorry. So for tracking, we have Cheap Smiles. Uh, we have Leaving. And then we have Every Day. Yep. Um, we don't have a title for the album yet. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on iTunes and Bandcamp, all that stuff. And then we're actually putting out um, a live at UMass Wool album once again. Oh, cool. It'll probably just be titled Live at UMass Wool with the date that we performed, which I do not remember at this moment. Brilliant. Um, but look out for Motel Art music coming out. Oh, also, um, while I'm plugging other things, so I'm also in another band. Uh, we are called the Baja Blasters. Nice. Uh, we're trying very hard to get promoted by Taco Bell. Um, yes. Fen, Fen Macon has been the sole uh, person behind this for many, many years. Uh, I love Fen Macon. Uh, we played together in a couple of shows, we went on tour um, a while back with Sarah Smith. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. Uh, I'm currently playing like rhythm, sometimes lead guitar in the Baja Blasters. We're a four piece band. We're going to have like, it's crazy. We're going to have like a 12 song album coming out very soon. Um, and I was also, I'm, I'm waiting till it becomes like a reality. And for me, that means like I've been doing this for at least a month now, but I've been asked to play uh, bass guitar in this band called sub punch. Um, Jesus. which they're already on Spotify. They're, they're so fucking good. What are they called? Um, sub punch. It's all one word, but sub S U B P U N C H. Yeah. Um, so they have an album called coffer out. Um, it's currently on Spotify. It's six tracks. Um, it's, Oh my God. Like compared to motel art, like it's, it's good, but it's really heavy. Yeah. Um, they were a three piece and I, I guess right now it's going to become like a four piece. They have like an extra additional guitarist in the band, but we're playing like all these low tones everywhere. Like anyway, that it's going to be just so, I'm just so excited. Yeah. So our first practice is actually this Thursday. I don't know when this is going to be online, but our first practice is coming up this Thursday. Cool. And when it becomes like a real thing, like when we've actually practiced for about a month, I feel better about like, talking about it and right, advertising right, right. but if this comes out tomorrow or today cool right, um but yeah so i'll be playing bass and sub punch as well um sweet dude that's awesome so good Fucking rad dude yeah you get well, around i've got my what do they call it i got many hats i guess i'm wearing or right. yeah that's a good thing yeah i love it all right well shit dude thanks for fucking coming on man yeah yeah dude quite it's enjoyable great to see you. absolutely uh, thanks for stopping by yeah. And then, uh, I'm so upset I didn't get that one office. I'm so That's proud right. that you didn't because I was able right. to stomp That it. was the goal. That Damn. really was my whole goal. When's the open mic uh, reunion? Do you know? March oh, 18th or something? I think it is March 18th. Whatever the 
second or third Saturday. I know Mokalar is going to try to sign up. I mean, the last time we played, it was just Dan and I. Um, we did yeah. like a quick set of a couple of motel art songs. I want to get the full band in, but I think yep. it's, is it three songs that were? I think three. Yeah. Okay. Think so. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited for that. We'll, we'll reference we'll, the date again. We'll next plug that plenty before the day cool. comes. Yeah. Frig yeah, dude. Benny Bucks. Great to see you, dude. Mate. Nicely done, man. Thanks. All right, man. Well, see ya. Later. I'm so sure can.